0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs.
1: For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: They said we couldn't be here. They said it couldn't happen. It was too much to overcome. The regular season starts with a foundation of anticipation. Its construction is made up of bricks of accountability, confidence, and resiliency. And the structure is fortified by character and chemistry. Well, they said our foundation had crumbled. But we opened our eyes and our ears to the support around us. And our city never left our corner. Together we drown out the noise, and then we started to build. We remembered those that came before us, the passion that drove them to represent our city and the Blue Note night in and night out. We conjured the spirit of the Plager Brothers, Sutter, Federico, Chopper, and the Golden Brett. This is what it's all about. This is why we lace them up. This is why we put in the work. Why we sweat, and why we bleed. Playing for the crest in the front of our sweater, winning the battles, sacrificing our bodies, and electrifying our crowd. This is the blood that runs through our. The chance to silence them, the chance to prove them wrong, the chance to make history. Can you feel it? Can you feel it running through your body? Do you sense the moment? Now this is the time to capture our emotions. This is the time we raise the volume. This is the time to own the moment. Together, we are the Blues. Together, we're St. Louis. Together, we get knocked down and get right back up and keep coming. It's who we are, and we won't stop. They said we couldn't be here. Hey, buddy, we're here
4: a team that was in last place on January 3rd. The players on the bench are bouncing up. History will be made tonight in Boston. 15 seconds to go as Shen blocks a puck to the corner. 10 seconds remaining. Get up St. Louis, get on your feet, raise them high. Five seconds to go and the time winds down. They did it, it's over, the game is over, the series is over, the wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions for the first time in franchise history.
5: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It was four years ago tonight that the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup. And thank goodness that we didn't open those mics about 30 seconds before... Uh, we did, because I couldn't have talked with uh, with Kelly Chase's hype video every single time. It doesn't matter. Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, doesn't matter how often I hear it, how often I see it. I always hyperventilate I always get tears in my eyes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> just gets me going. It's awesome. It's
6: a beautiful uh, moment.
5: It was. Uh, four years ago tonight, yeah, I got the old character cookie cake from Schnooks. I wore my blues shoes, which I have oh, worn throughout the course of the playoffs we got some emo's pizza and toasted ravs. went down to the blues room at home and watched the blues win game seven of the stanley cup and uh thanks to the uh the cajoling of michelle Swallman, i'll try to get michelle on the show today uh i wound up getting a tattoo on my back
7: that's amazing she
5: forced me to do it
7: mm. your first tattoo. I was, I was
5: and only i was bullied to into getting a tattoo.
7: How was that experience? How yeah. was
5: that experience? Well, it, you know what? Uh, let me tell you something. Dave, Big Dave Canoy, at the Ink Spot uh, out in Troy, and we did it at the St. Peter's store. It was amazingly easy. I got the tattoo applied during the course of the fast lane. So we started. We were doing uh, the show at two to six. He started it, too. He said, it's going to feel like I'm dragging toothpicks down your back. I said, That's cool. I'm fine with that. <laughs> and lo and behold, yes, uh, it felt like that. And I did a whole show. And thank goodness he's such an incredible artist because I'm moving. You guys see me move and talk and so I'm moving and he he applied that baby and it's a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be <laughs> and uh, yeah it's uh, it, it was great. It was a great experience.
7: Wow. I think you're not the only ones. I think we need people to text in photos of their tattoos that they got because I see them idea. around town a lot. A yeah. lot of Blues Stanley Cup Championship tattoos.
5: Yeah, Jeremy Rutherford did a piece that summer after yeah. we got it and we had a group of people here and we have a big picture of it. Hey, we want your mic drops and we're going to play them throughout the course of the show at 8 o'clock. Where were you when the blues? Made history What was your June 12 twenty nineteen like? How nervous were you? And then what was it like when you uh, finally got to experience that first Stanley Cup championship? And Brooke was in Boston.
7: I was in Boston for Game Seven. That was just like a. So I had just moved to St. Louis and I had covered the Blues. That was my first season covering them, from when they were literally the worst in the NHL to winning the Stanley Cup championship. And I remember distinctly Maurice Strum and we worked together when he was the mm-hmm. sports director over at KMOV. It was that spring training, that February. Remember when they had that eleven-game winning streak? And uh, I remember Maurice looked over to me. And he was like, "I think that we're going to have a really long summer here." <laughs> and I was like, "You think? Like you really think this is going to happen?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Let's get ready. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to go everywhere." Hmm. And then it felt like literally once we got back from spring training, it was just like constant go, go, and go. Going to Boston, you could just feel it. I, I We talked about it so much, a lot of the reporters who were covering during that time, and then the players looking back, too, you could just feel all the stories were perfectly lining up for it to align and the stars I guess too the stars were aligning for them to win that I mean there was just so many good stories you had Patrick Maroon the hometown hero you had Layla Anderson there was Mm -hmm. so so much and then being there for game seven I was telling you I think it was right after the Ryan O'Reilly goal we knew like up in the press box like okay this the Blues are going to do this so then they heard you downstairs and we couldn't see anything it was silence so we knew the Blues were doing well because obviously you're mm-hmm. in Boston and they wheeled out a TV and we could see the final moments and then we had to wait a little bit and then they just released us like cattle onto the ice <laughs> and I had a producer in my ear that was just like grab interviews grab interviews so I grabbed like Zach Sanford was the first person that was just standing there and then it was like a blur after that we were I think on air at KMOV until 1 a.m. in the morning amazing and um, it was great and then afterwards tried to go out wearing blue stuff in Boston and that didn't work out well uh, I'll bet you can yeah, go they... into anywhere a little so.
5: bitterness there probably on the part yeah. of the Sherwoods fans.
7: Yeah. Well,
5: it
8: happens. It, it, yeah. It's a great day for St. Louis, great day for St. Louis Blues and Blues fans. And it's something to, uh, to cherish and remember. That, that, that intro
5: was, uh, was awesome. That,
8: if that doesn't get you juices, mm-hmm. if that doesn't get you going, <laughs> you,
5: you might need to check your pulse. Cardinals should play that tonight before, and, and they partner up, the Cardinals and the Blues do, uh, play the, the Chaser Hype video about being in last place and uh, yeah, see if you can get the, the, the players going. Uh, we do have Chris Kerber on the show today, and then at 9.30, we're also going to be joined here in studio by the Blues chairman, Tom Stillman, on We Went Blues Day. Do you have Holly, by the way, just for, before we get to the Cardinals? Do we have uh, why we have We Went Blues Day? Matthew Rocchio, our producer, and audio engineer.
1: That
6: was the greatest, greatest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> glory, glory
5: <laughs> We got Maybe on parade day, we'll get Chaser to tell. Oh, I, 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 Chaser, do you have the? Uh, I'm not telling him. You tell him. Okay. Okay, we we'll get this shit. Ch- well Chaser, we gotta have him tell the story about the parade anyway, but we'll we'll work on Chaser on the, the anniversary of the parade day. Here we go. It's
9: hard to fathom anybody can get lost in a parade when you win a cup, but <laughs> our driver was he was awesome. He was an older gentleman and we were on that nineteen like a nineteen thirty nine fire truck and he's got a big wooden steering wheel. And there's myself, Cavalini, Dunlop Patey, and John Hamm on this on this floating brownie. As we turn on Broadway, you know, we gotta go down one block and the police whip around us in these golf carts with the lights on, kind of go through the crowd towards Bush Stadium, and all of a sudden, our guy doesn't realize you make a left-hand turn down to the arch, and he goes with the with the two police cars. He follows the two police golf carts off the parade route and down towards Bush Stadium. Now, it's hard to get lost in a parade, okay? It was a million and a half people. And the poor old guy is like, he's rattled, right? So now he's backing up, just trying to get this truck turned around on the street, on Broadway, and he's whipping it back and forth. It's like the Austin Powers movie, you know, it's going back and forth, back and forth. And finally, Larry Patey jumps off the back of the truck, goes and stands on the side of the fire truck, and he starts helping him with the steering because it's so hard to steer. He pops the clutch, runs into a group of people being hauled in another golf cart, like an eight passenger and they get hung up on the bumper and the guy's screaming. So now I got to jump off the truck and settle this guy down and tell him to relax. We get back onto the parade route and the clutch and brakes are going on this truck because it's, and we come into the parade route hot and we're yelling at people to get out of the road. We come in right in between the coaches and the players. He makes the turn pays his in and we go down towards the arch and we just literally roll down through by the players, by the float, by the fire truck, into a wedding, and we come to a stop, and we're all looking at each other, and we're howling. Can't make it up. It was one of the great stories of that trip. We, we were just laughing. I...
7: <laughs> wow
5: Oh, Chaser.
6: There,
7: there was a lot of drinks consumed during, oh, during that parade A lot of throwing up A lot of sunglasses yeah. worn Rightfully it so was... when you're celebrating like that Good un-
5: times. Unbelievable uh, By the way, the Cardinals did lose yesterday 4-3 to the Reds They still uh, they, they might have the worst record in their division But they don't have the worst record in the league There's a team with the worst record in the East There's a team with the worst record in the West So you know,
10: uh, small victory, small victory. I don't know if we'll clap yeah. for that. And how did the Brewers do this weekend? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, got beat by the A's. <laughs> we got beat by the A's here. Yeah, so uh, here,
8: let's, let's,
5: let's, we can turn oh, no. this magic machine up. Yeah.
8: <laughs> They're still only eight games back. Oh, here come the Cardinals.
5: All right. Trilla, <laughs>
6: like.
10: <laughs>
5: uh, Yeah, so, the, they so they play the Giants this week. And... Today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, and the go cards, and thanks to our friends at Big League Impact, Adam Wainwright and his crew, and most of the Cardinals, really impressive showing last night. Despite the way things are going, they are yeah. they're out there for charity at Top Golf for uh, swing for impact, and we had a great time. Thanks to Stephen Matz, who was such a uh, he he was a great host for us. But we got to see most of the Cardinals, and uh, they're in good spirits, and they they at least. They haven't let this get them down. They they aren't even though they they look defeated at times. They aren't defeated.
8: For me, that was the most impressive thing. How many teammates were there? It's Randy Burke. I I, I promise you, when you're losing, you don't want to be around people that aren't close immediate family members or teammates. You don't want to have to talk about what's going on. You don't want to have to converse with people. You don't want people to stare or or whisper and for all of those men to show up after having lost that game only a couple of hours, maybe an hour you got an hour to get dressed and then head out from, from downtown to Chesterfield. It was really uh, for me that was really important to see because that lets me know that that team isn't there may not be as much friction as one would think, it's just not good baseball collectively. And and they have to figure out a way to play a entire team game, each man doing their job, but them showing up in the manner in which they did for Adam for the for the foundation I thought that was really cool
7: yeah big league impact has really just grown every single year so they even said just you know I've covered the event the past few years too and it was like the first time they've had that many people they already raised ninety thousand dollars before the event even started so that was before the auction items which there was you were part Pretty of the good, auction yeah. a lot of good pieces that were sold too ninety thousand dollars just even for the auction that's that's huge and seeing how much big league impact has made it impact just here in St. Louis but it's also growing into other cities as well with teams former Cardinals also getting involved with it as well too. Adam Wainwright has done a really good job for that. And Adam
5: auctioned off the glove that he wore all last season that included the game where he and Yachty broke the all-time battery record. For any player to do that for a charitable endeavor is absolutely remarkable. It's amazing.
7: What was it? Ten grand? Yeah.
5: Yeah.
8: A record that will never be broken. No. And he he donated that glove That's crazy. to charity that was that was you know, that money to charity that was amazing pretty cool we had a
5: draw yesterday at city park st louis city SCN and galaxy la galaxy uh playing to a uh, one one draw no clean sheet for the, the city on the pitch yesterday as they wore the, their kits?
8: The, and their kits. That was a, a – I haven't seen – obviously, I haven't seen L.A. Galaxy play at all this year. but And and according to all the reports, they were supposed to be terrible. Mm-hmm. They were playing a style that seemed to match what city plays. They were playing intense. They were attacking. They were – how how Lutz has told us, city style is when the opposing team gets the ball, we're going to go get it back. L.A. Galaxy was playing that way in that manner. And that, to me, was a was a telltale sign that they came with a lot of energy and a lot of effort to make sure that they were not
5: allowing City to do the things that they normally do. And so uh, City will be back at it next weekend. And one other quick note from the weekend, well, actually from tonight, uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Game number six tonight is uh, in, is that right? No, it's, that's it's a, it's 2019. Oh, that's oh, okay, six twelve. got it, Can't okay. So tomorrow is game tomorrow five. Tomorrow is game five. Between... Tonight is the finals oh, for yeah. the NBA. Tonight Oh, yeah, so tonight here on 101 ESPN at 6 o'clock, we're going to air game seven of the 2019 Stanley Cup finals. I can see why I'm confused. Yes, yes I, yeah. Definitely.
10: Re-air of, of game seven, it's going to yeah. be no commercials, so it's going to be, I Straight mean, true. from 6 to 7.30, you're just getting... That one hundred percent emotion for the for ninety minutes straight before the NBA final. No
5: breaths for Curbs and Joey <laughs> no. on this one. Coming up next, things we love from the weekend here on the opening drive on one hundred and one ESPN. You're
1: back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred and one ESPN,
2: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. <laughs> All right
5: we loved about the weekend. Brooke, Carrie, and Randy. Brooke, you want to get things started? Number two.
7: Well, my number two thing was just hanging out with you guys yesterday Aww. i thought that was so much fun going over there for big League impact i did not have an impact when it came to the competition uh, <laughs> 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 because i i'm still in the learning phases and also there is other people more capable uh competing in that but it was just it was a lot of fun going out there it, it's a nice reminder to cd as you were saying earlier if you know even though things are not great for the Cardinals right now, seeing the impact they have on the community and how much they care about the community and even the world. Cause that's big league impact is bigger than just helping here in St. Louis. They do a lot, a lot um, with helping around the world. And so I think it just kind of puts things into perspective sometimes.
8: I agree. It was a, uh, it was a good time. We had a, a great conversation with Steven Metz, and yeah. we, uh, we, 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 played a little golf. Yeah. Hit him, him straight ish, ish, yeah. ish. Yeah. So, Always straight. Didn't I had a little trouble hitting it into the target. Well you could so hit it you like, could hit it far, so yeah, that wasn't a problem. No, nah, but the 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 accuracy is is an issue,
5: and yeah. that, that matters in golf. By the way, one Paul Goldschmidt can hit the daylights out of the ball. You th- that shouldn't be a surprise, right? But I didn't I was, get to see that. I was watching that. Goldie.
7: Whew.
5: he's Striking it, yeah, he yeah. can he can hit it.
7: We were next to uh, Burley too, yeah. Alec Burleson. Yeah, that was
5: intriguing.
8: They had a couple of guys that are left-handed that hit right-handed. Like Mats is a lefty. Mm-hmm. He said he swings right though, but Burleson is left-handed. And he was
5: swinging right. And a lot of people don't want... A lot Nolan of baseball players... As well. Yeah, they don't want to mess around, and they're so athletically inclined, yeah. right? But they don't want to mess around with their baseball swing. So what they do is they play golf the other way. I just watched King Griffey Jr., and he was hitting it lefty the other day. Yeah. One time I heard a story actually from Will Clark that he said that he golfed right-handed because he didn't want to mess with that beautiful left-handed baseball swing. Mm. And then after he quit playing, I asked him about it. He said, no, that was a lie.
8: All right. My number 2, I got to see so uh there's a thing called Elite 100, the the top uh 100 basketball players high school class of 25 and 26. So the sorry, 20 yeah, 25 and 26. Kids that are going to be sophomores and juniors next year. I got to go down there. My nephew was one of those kids. He's a young man who is a spectacular young man, but an and Awesome athlete as well. He was part of that group. Uh, Carmelo Anthony was down there. Rasheed Wallace was down there. Jermaine O'Neal was down there. A lot of basketball legends watching their sons play uh, and just being a part of it. Rasheed Wallace, actually, w- one of the coolest things I saw from him the entire time, he was on the sidelines. He wasn't coaching a specific team, but he was on the sidelines you know cheering the guys on telling them to talk on defense and he was literally wiping up the courts when kids fell oh, cool. down it was it, it to me that that just showed me the type of man that he is he wanted to he's a basketball player he's a basketball guy and was watching and making sure that none of the kids got hurt with the water or the sweat on the ground he was the first one out there to to, to wipe up the floor when one of the kids fell down so you know that that whole event just just a great time watching those young men compete watching them play the entire weekend i got to see him on saturday
5: night It was really cool event. That's awesome. Guys, for me, number two is Canadian Nick Taylor becoming the first Canadian golfer to win the Canadian Open in 69 years. He won it on the fourth playoff hole, and he loved it. But my favorite part of the whole thing was (laughs) that as the other Canadian golfers mobbed him, Adam Hadwin, pro yes. golfer, was spraying him with champagne and just got leveled by security. <laughs> they didn't realize that Adam Hadwin was another <laughs> pro golfer. They thought he was in on the party and they just leveled Adam Hadwin. I loved it. And then Hadwin said, my adrenaline was fla- flowing so hard, I had no idea, I, I, didn't, I didn't even realize he'd hit me.
7: It was so, it was weird, yeah, it was a little it was weird. It yeah.
10: yeah. The best part had to be Hadwin's wife getting on Twitter afterwards and saying, in true Canadian fashion, Adam did uh, apologize to him for
5: Getting tackled. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> number one.
7: My number one is that Tommy edmund not saying it's a surprise in any way, because I think we all know Tommy edmund is great defensively. It seems like no matter where you put him, but especially just the revelation of him being a great center fielder the way that he's just really able to kind of command that position really well and navigate he looks really confident out there too it seems like that work with Willie McGee has really paid off for him too Mm -hmm. and it's just it's something that the Cardinals needed in the outfield right now as you're looking to get guys back Dylan Carlson I thought that he did a great job too coming back as well from the injured list and now you're waiting to see what happens with Lars Newbar as well and I'm sure we'll dive into Jordan Walker defensively a little bit later on on. But with Jordan Walker on that point, he, he's going to go through some growing pains, right? I, I'm mm-hmm. not going to get upset with him about that. But at least having Tommy Edmond out there, he he was absolutely great this weekend. Yeah.
8: Tommy Edmond. He was. He was. Him and Dylan Carlson did a great job. I, I, Jordan Walker has some work to do, but I think he's athletic enough and will eventually figure it out. And, and you know, it, it's... I. Tommy Edman may be your best center fielder. I don't think he has a, a particularly strong arm from that position, but him covering ground and making plays yeah. deep in the outfield, he does a fantastic job and it was it was fun to watch that. My number one was also the the weekend. I got to go see the Cardinals play on Friday night. My son was um, allowed to walk on the – they had a parade for, a, I don't know how many kids there were, mm-hmm. baseball teams that were able to walk around the the, the warning track and around the infield, and uh, so for, for him to participate in that – um, he he had a great time. We got to go see Claves and the guys in the booth and, and watch the game up there for a little bit. It was a it was a really cool moment for him. And I I enjoy this kid is living the life that I wanted to live <laughs> as a child. So I'm uh, I'm excited that he gets to do all of those things. Did he get a foul ball? He did not. That's, they, they, a, that's uh, an upset. Ah uh, yeah, he didn't get one.
6: Yeah, not this time. Usually he does.
7: <laughs> Is he determined he to get I,
5: one? I think so. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's going to get one at some point. Guys, my number one also came from Friday night. It had been April 8th, and Friday night was June 9th. April 8th, since Jordan Montgomery had last won a game. He had gone 10 consecutive starts with the team not winning, and he finally pitched in a game yeah. that the Cardinals won. And it doesn't matter who you are as an athlete or, you know, what – status you hold within the team or within the community it sucks to not be successful and all of these guys are trying hard and so for jordan montgomery to finally be rewarded with a victory was my favorite thing of the weekend I, i'm so glad that he got that opportunity and now hopefully he can go on a little bit of a roll well
7: was he what is it that he said uh, after his last outing? he said i'm not a loser and so, look, you're not a loser now. He got he got the win. And it felt like a lot. There were there was some times he was not great out there or as efficient. But then there was a lot of games where he just didn't get any run support whatsoever. So it was just nice to see him get rewarded in that way.
5: He's
8: Yeah, yeah no, it is. I mean, to go, was it 10 games where he hadn't won a game? You know, just not performing at the level that I'm sure he wanted to. But you said not getting the help to finally. It's just... <sighs> mm-hmm. It's just a sigh of relief to finally be on the winning side of things because it, it can feel like it's never going to end when you've had that many games
5: of not having to win. Yeah, and he's six foot six. Mm-hmm. He is left handed and he throws a baseball more than 90 miles an hour. In life, he's going to win.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
7: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not a loser.
5: <laughs> he's going to be all right. That's what we loved about the weekend here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, you might not see the errors in the box score, but. The defense for many many games is killing the Cardinals. That's next on 101 ESPN.
6: The smartest way to do your
11: just the reality of it we have to be perfect to win right now we we don't have the luxury of giving up extra outs or making a mistake or walking a guy or like we that's where we're at at the moment Um, there's certain guys in our lineup that feel pretty good and there's certain guys that don't and it's been difficult to string together quality at bats in order to produce a crooked number type of inning and um, when that's the case yeah you got to play perfect on the other side you got to pitch perfect
5: that's the Cardinals skipper Ali Marmol and the Cardinals are in the midst of Murphy's law. Everything that can go wrong does go wrong, right? For them. And they're missing their their starting outfield. Not that that's an excuse, but to, CD you've mentioned it many times when you when you have when when you have to play people like Burleson and Donovan in the outfield rather than gold glove quality players like Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill, it's going to have an effect, and it has had an effect on the Cardinals. Yesterday, a perfect example of where you don't have errors, but it really, Mm -hmm. it's mistakes that kill your team. You get the leadoff walk from Hicks, you get the passed ball by Contreras, you get the... the th- bad throw by Young Home. None of them are errors, but they're all errors, right? And they cost right. you the run and they cost you a game. And that's what's happening on a regular basis to this team is they're giving – you have 27 outs, and for an organization that values outs maybe too much – They're they're just giving away too many of those defensively.
7: Yeah, it seems like the top of the eighth, that's just a clear example of guys pressing in those crucial situations. It seems like they crumble this season. And it's like you see the writing on the wall. You know what's going to happen in that inning. And also, it just seems like they don't have the ability to slow the game down right right now, which is what you need in that moment it just was like one thing after another even i i don't know you know with paul de young that's typically you know a throw that he would execute a lot better but he didn't. And yeah. look, that's what matters at the end of the day is how you handle those moments in crucial situations. And they just continue to find themselves crumbling instead of rising to the occasion when it comes to pressure.
8: Yeah, it's um, it's happening in multiple games. I mean, you talked about that in yesterday's game, the pass ball and then the, the errant throw by by DeYoung. But even the day before, um, you got, I think it was the bottom of the top of the second inning where Uh, has a chance to throw out the runner at first. They don't get him out the next Mm -hmm. at bat. uh, Mailey hits a double, a base-clearing double, and now you're down three to nothing. So those types of things where, you know, Nolan Arnauto normally makes that play. He gets the guy out. You don't have any issues. He took an extra step, and now I think it was Fairchild was uh, able to beat out the throw to first base, and the next at bat you give up three runs. So those types of things. There was a, a situation also yesterday on the base pass where, where, um, what, I wrote it down. You have Dela Cruz and McClain running running into each other. Oh, yeah. And McClain yeah. throws out Paul Goldschmidt. There's nobody at third base. Not, not the left fielder, not the catcher. Everybody, including Brendan Donovan, is watching the play at first base those types of plays, you get your runner over to third base with less than two outs. Now you have an opportunity if there's a pass ball, if there's a ball hitting the infield and you can score. Those types of things are the things that the Cardinals are lacking in this moment. Just the 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 minor and small detailed baseball plays are are lacking, and it's it's not just one person, it's everybody. Again, you got Brendan Notovan watching the play as, as all as of all of the Reds are. Instead of mm-hmm. playing the game and getting to third base and being there with less than two outs.
7: Yeah, I, I think that, and this might sound like it's getting off subject just a little bit, but I think that it really manifests in these games with the Cardinals is when they're not able to cap, capitalize or manufacture runs, especially with runners in scoring position. How much did you guys hear that this weekend with this series, that the Cardinals were not able to capitalize with runners in scoring position? They went two for 22 this past weekend, left 25 runners on base. And, and here's the thing is that I think, and going back to the pressing, I think when you have that happening where you're not able to capitalize with runners, Runners in scoring position, especially by the time you get to that eighth inning, then everything's mounted because then all the guys are pressing at that point, which leads to those defensive miscues, where you're like, well, typically they wouldn't do this. Well, mm-hmm. typically it's been happening a lot for them this season in these very crunch crucial situations.
5: And One of the things that the analytics teams, like the Cardinals use to measure defense is defensive run saved, and as an, well, here's what defensive run saved is. Here's the, the formula. Say a center fielder, goes to make a nice catch on a fly ball the data tells baseball that similar fly balls get caught 60% of the time so the center fielder that makes the catch when a ball is caught 60% of the time he gets 0- 0- 0.04 points added to his defensive run save because he made the play 100% when it only gets made 60% of the time as a team this year the Cardinals are missing out on making those plays. Only three teams have fewer defensive runs saved than the Cardinals' minus 21. The Red Sox, Nationals, and A's. The Nationals the worst team in the National League. A's the worst team in all of baseball. And it's no surprise that the Cardinals, with that minus 21 defensive run save. that means that... Balls that would be caught 50% of the time, they're missing out on, so they're getting a minus .5, and it's really hurting them. And their outfield defense has been terrible, not that their infield defense has been anything stellar, or Nolan Ardado's not the same player that he was. All of the consternation over the second base situation, whether it's Gorman or whomever is there, that's causing problems. And behind the plate, the Cardinals are, are not great, so the defense that we have come to know as Cardinal fans, as great as part of the Cardinal way, just isn't there. And as Ali said, you can't string together hits and then you don't play defense. That's going to lead to losing. But And this is why I get frustrated when people are automatically wanting
8: to fire the manager because of those plays we just talked about, the pass ball, that's Wilson Contreras. He has to block that ball. The throw home, how many times do you think they work on that throw home with the infield in, knowing that they're trying to save the run from being from being scored? That throw has to be perfect. It was to the right side of the plate. Now Wilson has to try to lean back and he misses the ball and, and the run scores. You have Nolan Arenado, who is a gold glove, platinum glove winner at third base, taking an extra step and allowing the runner to get on base. All of those things are players. That's That has nothing to do with the manager. So when people fire Marmol, he's not doing the fundamentals. What more do you – those are plays that I guarantee you are worked on over and over and over again. They just aren't being made in that moment. And that is the frustrating part for this Cardinals team because it's not like guys aren't trying. It's not like guys are trying to make the mistakes. It's just not getting done in the moment.
5: And if it happened occasionally – It's going to happen occasionally, but when it happens every single game, Mm -hmm. that's where I get alarmed. And I'm not saying fire the manager, but I do get alarmed when a team, a franchise that I've seen historically play great fundamental baseball. And it's on the players when they play well, too, right? But for whatever reason this particular team is not sharp. And that's the word I use. It's it's not like they can't do it. They just aren't sharp. Maybe that has something to do with what's going on in the clubhouse. Maybe that has something to do with just this year being a, a weird, weird year. But whatever it is, it's happening and they have the third worst record in the National League.
7: Yeah, and, and obviously everybody's frustrated too, and it seems like they have a lot of the same player uh, on this group too, so there, it, it seems like there's a missing piece and there's a missing answer here, but nothing is coming to fruition of what the clear answer to the problem is. There, There's clearly something not coming together with this group, and you're running out of time. In April, I think that there was still a little bit of panic with how things were going, but you could easily make a lot of excuses with the World Baseball Classic. Oh, it's just the season's Starting, you know, we're just getting guys back acclimated from the World Baseball Classic, all that stuff. The excuses are out the window at this point. I'm figuring out what is going together with this team. The guys in the clubhouse need to figure out a way to come together, work together, because they just don't look like they even know how to work together at this point, which is very surprising considering a lot of these guys have known each other for a while, so that excuse is out, out the window as well. My frustration too and just kind of going back to defensive miscues, and this is something that I would still love to understand from the Cardinals organization, is when it comes to Jordan Walker mm-hmm. because, of course, we saw he wasn't great in the outfield this weekend. If you look last year when they came to preparing him for the situation they didn't have him doing work in the outfield until after the trade deadline really so after they got mm-hmm. rid of harrison bader that's when he was primarily at third base then they had him getting some work in the outfield it was like 70 games at third base compared to about like 31 in the outfield and split amongst multiple positions and then he dh for like 18 games that's something that i don't understand is why not prepare him sooner for that role
5: and and he's a minus 7 he's the worst in baseball in right field in defensive runs saved and that is doing a disservice to the player and that's an organizational issue because i was pretty sure that nolan arnauto was going to play third for the cardinals and i know they said well we don't want him thinking about defense while he's at the plate well he's at the minor league level you see that's where players are supposed to be developed yes. and he wasn't being developed as a globally, he was only being developed as a hitter, and the Cardinals should have foreseen that he was not going to play third base for them. You know what? If Nolan Arenado was not going to play third, Nolan Gorman was. That's mm-hmm.
7: yeah, and so, that's where it doesn't make any sense. Right. So, to me. so
5: you should have been playing him in the outfield. The the outfield mistake that he had was it. Uh,
8: two days ago, the 8-4 mm-hmm. loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the one that now, when you watch him Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, he's kind of rounding around the ball instead of making that direct line beeline to the ball because he doesn't want the same thing to happen again. It, it's just... Becoming more comfortable in that position and doing it, it's going to take a lot of repetitions. This is uh, a project that's going to have to take some time and he's going to play because his bat is actually, he's doing it's what he's needed. supposed to do yeah. at, the, at the plate. So he's going to play. So you're going to have to give up something for the time being until he figures it out out there and he's athletic enough, he's young enough with enough repetitions. He, We won't even remember these things happening three, four years down the line, but right now it's fresh in our brains because we just saw it and it's, it's just going to take some time to work the way out.
5: And you're missing out on uh, succeeding in Adam Wainwright's last year, and you're kind of wasting the prime of Arenado and Goldie's career the, because of those things that you could have solved in the last couple of years that you didn't.
7: Yeah, well, and I, well, I guess we could play, we'll play, actually, we're going to break. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't no, mean to will. mess you up, Rockio, you're keeping us the clock, but I'll play some sound later because I also was at the game on Friday and talked to Nolan Arnato about the clubhouse and also how he s- feels specifically, and so we'll have that sound later on in our bird watch at 9.
5: But Take It or Leave It is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service, text line 314-399-9646, that's 314-399-YO-HO on um, 101 ESPN. You're back to
2: the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. I want to say something? To put it out there.
5: All right text lines are open so is the mic drop feature just use your 101 espn app coming up at the top of the hour where were you when the blues won the stanley cup four years ago tonight what was your experience like but right now the text line is open 314 399 399 yo ho for take it or leave it and brook and carrie cd what do you got so I was reading this the other day. The there is a
8: seems to be it has happened over the past few years, but there are a lot of free agent running backs that are available and under the age of 30. Take it or leave it. Running back is the position that helps you win championships.
7: I I can I'm gonna take it in the way that I think Derrick Henry. Just speaking with my Titans I think he's obviously the difference maker for the Titans And he got injured last year We would have won the Super Bowl if it wasn't for that Mm -hmm. You know, everybody knows that Um, that. Anyways, but yeah I I agree, (laughs) I, I get your point with it too Especially if you have a really, really good running back
5: I'm going to leave it. Quarterback does it. And uh, you can cut a running back and it doesn't make any difference. You can have three running backs. It, it doesn't make any difference. But if you have a bad quarterback, you aren't winning.
8: Here's a here's a list of running backs that are under the age of 30 that are available. Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt. Under the age of 30.
5: Mm-hmm. Still available. They will help you win a championship. They could, and no, no rings there. But no, yeah, conceivably they could, they could help you, but they aren't going to be the centerpiece of a championship. And Mm -hmm. it seems like even now, when you look at like kansas city they lost clyde edwards Alaire last year and they brought in that rookie isaiah pacheco and they're, they're still rolling it really does seem to be a fungible position unfortunately it's that's what it's become because fungible it,
7: that's, a, that's yeah. a very beautiful Fung- word yeah oh, thank you
5: yeah it's uh, i like it running backs are replaceable they're kind of hmm. like oh well it that it's not as pretty I as i like thought. it it's just I don't a, like it, Randy. <laughs> can we just yeah.
7: can we change the definition of it, Carrie? Because I like the word, I don't sounds like the meaning of yeah,
8: it. Fungible sounds, fungible sounds like fung-
1: important.
7: <laughs> fun
8: yeah. and tangible sounds yeah. like fungible sounds like a uh, you know you put those two words together. <laughs> uh, yeah, fun did, and tangible, fun tangible, fungible. The,
7: uh, yeah, I, I like that. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna change the definition. Yeah, we, we just did it. that
8: right now.
10: <laughs> Carrie, <laughs> do not let him. You line up. In the power eye and you, and run, run, you run down
8: their throats 80 times if you can and see if they can take it
5: mm-hmm. and most uh, people so can't. yeah here it is uh being <laughs> something such as oh, yeah. money L- or commodity Lombardi of Lenny got such one. a nature that one part or quantity may be replaced by another equal part or quantity in paying a debt or setting an account so like clyde edwards alair isaiah pacheco same thing uh so that's what we're talking about Lenny got a ring he's oh. a champion Oh, that's right! Yeah, he did playoff, playoff 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 Lenny playoff Lenny. Yeah, yeah there you go. Can't wait for you a
8: championship. He win a championship with Leonard. For okay, well, you might want to wait a little. You're going to be waiting a while.
5: Yes, they are important, <laughs> but the game is man. The, the game has changed since you played, which is really remarkable. Yeah, it yeah. Is.
7: I I agree. I because I always think back to to the Music City Miracle, which you had Steve McNair, which is a huge part mm-hmm. of that, but Eddie George. Oh, my God. Yeah. I man it's a beast. And he looks exactly the he, same, uh, looks too. like he's still lining <laughs> up. Could have,
5: could have been a St. Louis Ram, but thank goodness he wasn't.
7: Oh, okay. Because well, if he would have been a
5: St. Louis Ram, they then they would never have traded for Marshall, and they would have never won the Super Bowl. Yeah. God bless Bill Pullian. Yeah.
7: Take it or leave it, guys. Things are about to get even more interesting with the outfield with the somewhat close return of Tyler O'Neill and Lars Newbar both recovering from their back mm-hmm. injuries. How long had
1: those? <laughs> about a week back. Yeah.
7: Yes. <laughs> I was debating about even bringing it up because I knew that it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen, shout but I feel to like Bob it to.
8: Oh, shout out to Rambo. Thank <laughs> you. We appreciate it.
5: Uh, but I'll take it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I
8: will I will leave it. Well, I'll leave half of it. Tyler O'Neal won't be an issue. He he is uh, unfortunately Due to injury, due to due to to not performing, I think he's worked him what himself out of that rotation. Newt Bar will be, uh, but I, I don't even think it's a. Uh, I think it's just Dylan Carlson and Newt Bar at this point because Jordan Walker mm-hmm. is gonna play, and and Tommy Edmond has shown that he deserves to be in center field. It's gonna be between Edmond and um, I'm sorry, between Dylan Carlson and Newt Bar for that right field position. But if
5: you want your best defense, then Tommy Edmond has to be at second base. Well, or shortstop, but it, the the second base situation is such that the Cardinals—it's okay. not a winning situ- you, you situation. Nice players, play. but not winning. You can put Edmund back at second
8: base and put yeah. Dylan Carlson in center. Yeah, yeah. and and then or new parking, and sir. then Brendan Donovan is uh, watching the game. Yeah,
7: and Brendan Donovan's because watching. because some
8: somebody's got to watch. Somebody's got to watch.
5: Yep, and Nolan's going to be a, be the DH. That's, that's right. Yeah. Uh, guys, take it or leave it because of the circumstances under which the blues won the stanley cup coming back from last place and having a lot of us me included think that they were cursed in our lifetimes there will never be as emotional a sports championship as the blues winning the stanley cup here in st louis
7: so i i didn't grow up here but i understood during that time what it meant i mean the the history and the fact that they've gotten so close and just seeing it all kind of come together in that moment, I I agree. I think that it—I don't know. I don't think anything could really top that for St. Louis since here.
8: More uh, exciting, the Rams winning in 99 or the Blues winning in 2019?
5: Ooh. For me, because I grew up with the Blues and I experienced all of the stuff that a curse comes with, or that comes with a curse, uh, the Blues— Taking nothing away from the Rams championship, which which was unbelievable and incredible, uh, but the the Blues one was better just because I knew him better. hmm um, and that, that, that's by a whisker because I, I, loved, I loved because and still love that Rams. That team.
8: story, the the, the Rams, a better story. The Rams or the Blues because you oh, got your Kurt, quarterback. Really Kurt's good the stories. best story in the history of sports. There you go. I mean that that yeah, that moment yeah. your starting quarterback goes down and you got this guy that was stocking shelves in yeah. Iowa as your new quarterback and you're like, oh my god, yeah. and you lead them. He leads them to a championship. That I mean that that's what the story. For the, yeah. for the Rams. It oh, was, was is,
5: really emotional yeah. for me, too. Yeah, but this, The Blues was just, the only reason it was different is because I'd suffered so long with the Blues and only suffered four years with the Rams. Gotcha. Alright, Matthew, what do you got on the text line there? Take it or leave it. The Cardinals
10: trade deadline will be impacted by Bally's uh, bankruptcy. Leave, leave it.
7: it. Yeah, I'm going to leave that.
5: Uh, Bally is not going to quit paying the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are one of their crown jewel properties, either one or two on their list. The Cardinals are the number one TV show in St. Louis every single year and the, the the hill to die on for Bally will be the cardinal hill they the, the last franchise that they would let go in their bankruptcy the, the last team they would stop paying is the st louis cardinals
10: but eventually they did like you know they will in effect this everything trade everything goes under
5: yeah maybe 5 or 6 years down the road
10: dang you think it's going to last that long oh yeah oh okay yeah. that's that cardinals that's are making
5: them money the, the, the problem that Bally has is that they spent so much money on buying all these yeah, RSNs. It's not the contracts that they have. It's the amount that they borrowed to buy the RSNs. Well, now you go into bankruptcy, and those debts are wiped away. So now they're starting from ground zero, and the teams that are making money for them and that they have, by the way, streaming rights for, they're going to keep.
10: Interesting. Yeah, that's, what is it, 50 to $70 million they uh, the Cardinals get from them each year?
5: Uh, it's what, f- I think of twenty years and a billion and a half. Yeah, so that's probably yeah, like right, you feel, something it's like that. 70 million or something like that. Take it or leave it. The number of the day is six because the Cardinals,
8: wait for it, have lost six straight series. Oh
10: mm. <laughs> Wow. That's
8: oh. kind of disappointing. Yeah. Really? I don't I might have missed that yeah. one.
1: Six
10: straight series,
8: ladies
1: and
10: gentlemen. Ooh. It's not
8: good. God. The
1: number of the day. Really? Hops and kicks. The number of the day is, is six. six. Wait,
8: wait, 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 wait. <laughs> they didn't lose. The Royals so Series. Don't that know. was a two-game series, and they split. Okay, so it's not six it in, lost. in a row. Count lost. There okay. we go. Sorry, I we we're getting that. a little yeah. excited. Did we got. You, we we, we were overzealous. So you want to use soccer rules now? Also, two, three. It's only four. You're not gonna count. No. What are we doing here?
5: All right, fair enough. We,
8: and we split against the Reds, so it's not six. Lost against the Guardians. The split against the Royals. Lost to the Pirates and the Rangers and the Reds. So six in a row that
5: we haven't won. Okay. Six there in the you row go. that they haven't won. There you. It's we, Randy. We, we haven't won a series in Yeah, they six. are winning. It's them. Yeah. <laughs> when it's, it's, when yeah. We haven't won. It's yep. them. <laughs> yep, it is. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you very much, Randy. We appreciate your text. Coming up next, we want to hear from you about June 12, 2019. What did you do on the day the Blues won the Stanley Cup? We want to hear from you with the mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app next on 101 ESPN
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
2: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers
1: a fresh perspective on the day's top stories it's the opening drives fresh take
2: brought to you by schnooks rewards reward yourself earn 2 percent back on every purchase with the schnooks rewards app
5: It's 8.02 in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, and it is We Went Blues Day. Four years ago today, the Blues winning their first Stanley Cup, and Brooke, I had a couple of traditions, Brooke and Carrie had a couple of traditions during... The, the Stanley Cup run, and Michelle and I went to every game. Michelle Smallman and I went to every game together, and she would load up on candy every home game. That was pretty fun. I wore that the same shoes I'm wearing today, my, my St. Louis Blues shoes. I got for every road game, a Schnooks cookie cake, and our friends at Schnooks were kind enough to supply me, ply me, actually, with many, many calories during the course of that Stanley Cup run. But one of the things that happened on the night of Game 7 is that, and as they say, it's not weird unless it doesn't work right so i was uh, in my room in my room uh, my uh, man cave downstairs is decorated with blues i have like blues in in one room and then there's a playroom next to it that's all cardinal stuff so i was in the blues room watching on the big screen and i am i've got the recliner open so my my legs are stretched out and i cross my right leg over my left leg and the blues score the first goal I couldn't move for the rest of the night. <laughs> right? Because once that happens, you have you're in you're in superstition mode. And so I'm sitting there literally from the time the Blues scored the first goal until the game ended with my right leg crossed over my left leg because if I would have changed, the Blues would have allowed a goal.
7: Oh, yeah. 100%. Clearly, that, yeah. That's
5: not strange at all, Randy. No, it's 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 only weird if it doesn't work.
8: I think it's, I don't know if that's the case. It's still a little weird. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> and and maybe uncomfortable. So do you? A do smile you? Just, end, yeah, my like foot
5: was asleep at the end. It was. It was asleep. Say
8: the hell with my comfort. It's more important that I stay in this particular position because if I move an inch, what if you gotta go to the bathroom? Does that does that count?
5: Doesn't, doesn't matter. You gotta it's, stay there. Yeah, you gotta stay there. Okay,
8: you get hungry. Yeah, was, you don't. The house is on fire. Oh, yeah, you, you. if the house
5: is, you go down with the house. <laughs> if the Blues are winning, yeah, uh, and, and there was food right next to me. I, I was fine. I had a little tray there, so the the food thing was not going to be an issue. Okay, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, th- that Do was you, one of the things I did. Intermission, you get to get, you get to move. Yeah, you can move during okay. The intermission. Okay, yeah. well that's okay. I yeah, thought but maybe once the game resist. is going, man, that uh, that right ankle's over the left ankle. <laughs>
7: yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think I don't I didn't think I have yeah I didn't have like any superstitions or anything like that I just remember it being like pure pandemonium at that time because it was just running and gunning mm-hmm. going back and forth between Boston and St. Louis and uh, I just remember Bostonians not liking a St. Louisans coming mm-hmm. in and so whenever I go anywhere wearing blue which you have to on TV right you have to rep the colors of the team yes. that you are yeah. talking about. It, I just remember the Bostonians were not very uh, happy about that, so that that was that was an interesting experience as well too. I probably lost about like ten pounds during that span lost? of time. So if they want, yes, because Chris? there was no time to eat because oh, wow. you were mm. we had so much going on. We had live mm. shots. We had you know going to the locker room and talking to the players. Like flying in and out. We also stayed because the hotels were so booked. We had to stay in Salem. Because mm. of how book things were. And we were in this old, like haunted, yeah, this yeah, old yeah, haunted yeah. hotel. And my photographer needed a, what's that machine that you have to wear? For, yeah, he had to wear that. And they literally said when we checked in the hotel, they were like, oh, by the way, we've been having some issues with like the electricity like turning off at 1 a.m. Oh, and, my God. and they're like, we have flashlights <laughs> for you. And so, of course, we needed a good night's sleep, and it turns off, and you're like in this creepy old hotel, oh, no. and there's no electricity. What? And he, of course, had a hard time sleeping what too because of his, his uh, machine
8: cuts the electricity off. And that sounds like a
7: hotel trying to save some
5: money. Man, witch trials here.
7: It was, it was, uh, it was oh, interesting no. to say the least.
5: By the way, uh, you're welcome, America. The St. Louis Blues broke Boston. The Red Sox had won the 2018 World Series. The Patriots had won the Super Bowl. Uh, the the Bruins were always a threat, but how many championships since the Blues beat mm. the Bruins has Boston won? That's intriguing. That's yeah. zero. We cool. broke them. So they keep you,
8: losing in game sevens now. Good yep, you
5: are welcome, America. Let's hear from Chris, who remembers game seven of the Stanley Cup four years ago today.
12: I'm just slightly younger than Randy, so um, basically I've been waiting for the Blues to win a Stanley Cup since i was a nickel um 50 years and i looked at the calendar when the series started and i knew uh, i knew it was going to go to game seven because i had to be in dallas so i was in dallas and uh, to their credit there were a bunch of people in the bar that actually cheered on blues with me um, as we watched it
5: that's pretty cool i hear so many stories about people that were out of town we got one text from Uh, People that were on a Disney cruise. They had 14 people watching on an iPad. Uh, People that were in Mexico watching at a beach bar. Uh, Let's hear from Damien now on 101 ESPN.
11: I had not allowed myself to watch any games um, pretty much from the end of December on because, not because I didn't want to support the team, but because I felt like I was bringing bad juju every time. Like anytime I wore blue's gear, watch the games, it just went horribly wrong. So I stopped watching the games and then they started winning. Um, and it continued. And so I was like, you know what? I can't be, possibly be the reason that they're losing. So, uh, the very first game that I watched, was when the streak ended that they were on, and I was like, okay, well, not watching another game. Um, I watched one playoff game uh, prior to the final. They lost that game, and I didn't allow myself again to watch until um, almost the end of Game 7 against Boston, and as soon as I tuned in, they scored. Boston scored their goal. Late And um, I was like, oh, my God, please don't (laughs) let me be the reason this ends. Uh, But I stuck through it and I watched all the way through. And, um, yeah, I cried like a baby. I I find it intriguing. I
8: mean, no offense to anyone, but that someone could think that that much power, you included, Randy, Mm -hmm. is is, is in you to make sure that the players on the ice are performing great. I mean, the fact that you wouldn't move, the fact that this gentleman wouldn't watch a game, that's miserable.
7: That's just, come it's on. Su- Did but, you have superstitions as a player, though? Not to the point where I wasn't <laughs> going to watch a
8: game okay. or be or partake in something because I thought it would cost us the loss.
5: you got to remember <laughs> that this is a franchise where Willie Plett scored on Mike Leut from Center Ice. This is a, a franchise where The entire team got the flu in 2003 when they led Vancouver three games to one. This is a franchise where Roman Turek had a 1.7 goals against for the whole season they win the president's trophy and he blows up in the playoffs this is a franchise that had scotty bowman and he got away and won nine more stanley cups they had al arbor he got away and he wins four stanley cups they have joel quenville he gets away and wins three stanley cups this is a franchise that had doug wickenheiser fall off the back of a pickup in a snipe hunt and tear up his knee this is a franchise that wins the monday night miracle and then goes to calgary and then just gets dropped this is this is a franchise that was cursed and so anything that you could do to reverse the curse you had to do i appreciate the sacrifice but man well,
8: seems, seems a bit uncomfortable it, it and maybe it it work uneasy. It
7: worked. I think everybody's a little stitious, right? Yeah, <laughs> just a little, little, little stitious. <laughs> stitious. Everybody's a little, a little stitious. stitious. I, had, I had some superstitions, yeah.
8: but I, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was superstitions or more like just habits, rituals. Yeah. So just, yeah. just, I would eat the same thing before a home game. We're,
5: we're a franchise that has Wayne Gretzky and Brett Hull and Al McInnes and Chris Pronger on the same team. And Grant Fuhrer gets run and tears up his knee. And we would have, we then, the Blues, 1996, <laughs> would have won the Stanley Cup. All these Hall of Famers, all these, not, not just Hall of Famers, goats. Yeah, uh, You had the greatest player of all time. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest goalies of all time. The best defense pairing of all time. The, the greatest pure goal scorer of all time. And you get beat on one of the most wicked shots ever by Steve Iserman over to, uh John Casey's shoulder. We were cursed. And we overcame it. And why? Because we knew, as fans, the right thing to do. Let's hear from Scott, who's got a mic drop for us here on 101
2: ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A team that was in last place
4: on January 3rd. The players on the bench are bouncing up. History will be made tonight in Boston. 15 seconds to go as Shen blocks a puck to the corner. 10 seconds remaining. Get up, St. Louis. Get on your feet. Raise them high. Five seconds to go, and the time winds down. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions for the first time in franchise history!
5: That, of course, the voice of your St. Louis Blues, Chris Kerber, who, when he made that call on June 12th of 2019, was not only a long-suffering Blues fan, like the rest of us, but had been a part of so much heartbreak. That that Blues run between 2000 and 2019, I mean, they... Won the president's trophy. They were so close in 2001. The 2003 team should have been better. Then the team just kind of falls off the map after the lockout and uh, gets sold. And there's a threat of them leaving. And then they bounce back and they're great again. And finally, they get to the mountaintop in a most unexpected way. And, Curbs, I I still get chills when I hear that call. Thanks for joining us. And uh, happy We Win Blues Day. <laughs> I love the fact that that will
12: always be synonymous, Randy, with uh, with June twelfth, with Play Gloria, and you know, and, and the history of it all. And it's amazing that it's been four years already. And uh, it, it just, it just makes you really want to know. People that say once you've won once, you really want another one bad. And boy, they they're not kidding.
5: And one of the other things, and we saw it with San Jose when they went to the finals, we saw it with Nashville when they went to the finals, you never know with the Panthers tonight, it's so fragile. We're so fortunate that the Blues won game seven, right? Because you never know what is around, what's lurking around the corner.
12: You know what, and, and you have to have, you just have to have some luck and, and, and some fortune on your side. For example, the injury that Matthew Kachuk sustained, obviously, impacted how much playing time he had in the last game. The Vegas Golden Knights have been able to stay fairly healthy. They had no idea that they had this kind of goalie, at least to get them through it in, in Aiden Hill right now. I mean, there's, there's so many different factors that, that go on. Look at what, how, how I mean, Boston, Boston had the best regular season in the history of the National Hockey League in terms of wins and points. And were knocked out in the first round a few years ago. The Tampa Bay Lightning had a had a season similar to Boston, and were swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets before they go on and win, you know, a couple of Stanley Cups. Things like that have to happen, and it has to fall into place. And it shows you too just just how fragile building championship teams could be. COVID hits the next year. The Blues are in first place, uh, and and the season is stopped. And now you're in the bubble, and there's 12 teams, and every team is healthy. And it's a different tournament than a normal Stanley cup tournament. And then free agency grabs Alex Petrangelo from you injuries, take Alexander Steen and Carl Gunnarsson and, and, uh, and Jay Bollmeister from you. And, and, you know, those things are just hard to replace when you're not planning on them. So it's, you, yeah, you, you take it when you can get it. And, man, am I glad everything came together in 2019.
8: Curbs, I wish you could see Randy right now. He's got his Stanley Cup shirt on, his hat. He's got his blue shoes on. Hey, obviously, that <laughs> moment meant everything to him. What do you remember? What what specific memory do you have from that time, not just as a broadcaster, but as a fan of the St. Louis Blues? You know, I, I went into
12: that. I was talking to my wife about this uh, over the weekend. Went into that playoff series and, and as Randy said, you, you just have you just don't know how it's gonna go. Right? And so you went in and, and honestly I took a different approach. Just my my own personal mental approach was just not take it too seriously. It's like literally to enjoy every moment of every game and and see where it goes. And and it really was. It was day to day and I, I take that out because I remember so many different things, obviously about the games and how they went and Jaden Sch- I mean, Shimming Jaden Schwartz, who had such a horrible offensive regular season, just lit it up, and we don't even get out of the first round without you know his heroics against Winnipeg, right? Mm-hmm. Or small things like like Craig Baruby's in-game adjustments throughout that whole series, moving Oscar Sunquist up uh, a couple of lines, go, you know, in in the middle of that Winnipeg series, change that series around, you know, it it forced Winnipeg to play differently. Things there are small things like that, but. There was a whole other side of that for for, for me, on, and and for maybe the broadcasters, some of the media travel. Like there was there was a social side to that cup run that, while and a lot of fans will understand this. Because so if, if you were at the games and you weren't working, but you're watching as a fan, or maybe you were at a, a brother's house, a sister's house, a mom and dad, an uncle, a friend's house, you shared that with people. We shared it with that traveling group, right and. So, the dinners we'd have, uh, you know, going out to a bar on a day off, but things like that. Uh, and it became part of the thing. And we had this amazing dinner the night before game seven at a restaurant in the north end uh, Cantina Italiana, I think it was, or Italian yeah, Cantina, something like that. And uh, Joe Vitale had set it up. But uh, but Mr. Stillman was there. We had, you know, Chris Zimmerman. We had, uh, we had a couple of team doctors. You had Ray Borelli, Jeff Wright. We had our whole, you know, PR team, our digital team. Like, there was a group of about 20 of us. And we just had this great dinner the night before game seven because you knew the next day that no matter what, it was going to, you know, something was going to end. You were either going to win or you were going to lose, and you were going to deal with the emotions of both. Um, and, And that dinner just stands out to me as just one of my favorite moments of the entire run.
7: Herbs, I mean, there was so many special moments, as you mentioned there, and so many great stories that came out of it, too, specifically player stories. I'm kind of in a toss-up of which story that I exactly like the most, because if you look at the hometown kind of personal aspect, Patrick Maroon and just how key he was during that, entitle, in that entire run, I think is a great story. But then also Jordan Bennington, kind of the no-name coming out of nowhere and the way that he performed. I, I don't know. Which one do you think is your favorite? Is there one that uh, you also have?
12: Oh geez, favorite! I don't know if I would even try to pick a favorite when it when it came to those. I, I think I think the Jordan Bennington story was great, and to me, in my opinion, still remains great. Um, I you know I you've heard me talk about it. I know it didn't go as well as everyone would have liked last year, but I still think I still think Jordan Bennington is just one of the top goaltenders in the National Hockey League. Um, Pat Maroon, the, the Pat Maroon story is so spectacular because he gambled on himself. And then he parlayed that into you know three straight Stanley Cups. So that that's that that story in and of itself is going to be hard to beat. But don't forget the day that the day that the Blues signed Ryan O'Reilly, the the, the Blues thought that it might get done. So we were waiting around to do some video work uh, at at the um, at, at the practice rink. It was at the Mills at the time, and and Doug Armstrong said, "No, nah, I don't think anything's going to happen." Everybody went home. Then we all got then those of us that were part of that you know the digital process there got called back and to the rink hey we may need you and they ended up signing him well Ryan Ryan was on a boat when <laughs> and you know and and so they got a hold of him and just standing there with Doug Armstrong and and we filmed this and it, it, it's one of the great things is you know Doug Armstrong's got Ryan on a speaker and we're in there filming and he says hey listen uh, Ryan glad to have you we'll get everything worked out welcome and Ryan O'Reilly says says, I, I can't wait to get there I'm excited let's go win a Stanley Cup you know and 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 he said it right there and you know or Bobby Plager handing Ryan his jersey at yeah. at our icebreaker event which became a a great tradition over the last you know 6 7 years Th- things like that I, I I think are are the ones but yeah there there were some amazing moments of you know of like like Ryan O'Reilly saying let's go win a Stanley Cup you know in July
5: and and that that just rang true Curb is another one is for all the grief that Jay Bumsteer took here and the the circumstances under which the blues got him because remember he had not either he hadn't played in a winning playoff series or hadn't been in the playoffs when the Blues got him and then took a lot of grief because of the hip injury that people weren't aware of, how difficult it was for him. But then to see him step up and be arguably the best defensive defenseman in those playoffs and then with what happened the next year with his career ending, how fitting that Jay Bomeister got to win a ring and get his name on the Cup that year too.
12: Well, there's another great aspect to that because you remember, so the Blues made the trade with Calgary to get him and you're right. Jay Bollmeister had never even played a playoff game. Third overall pick, never made the playoffs with the Florida Panthers, didn't make the playoffs with the Calgary Flames. But but Doug Armstrong, through his work with the Hockey Canada, they knew exactly what Jay Bollmeister was. And he went after him for a while. It took him a couple years to get a deal done to get Jay Bollmeister here. And he got Jay here. Well, then, Jay, remember, Jay could have been an unrestricted free agent. And Doug Armstrong sat with, with Jay Bollmeister and basically said, look, you, you could go sign somewhere else and you might be able to make a little bit more money somewhere else. Right. But we're building something here. You can stay here and be a part of something and maybe win a championship here, you know, and, and, and you may go another place. You may never win uh, something, but we got a chance to win it here. And you could be part of it. And it was that talk. So Jay used to resign with the St. Louis Blues. And then obviously the rest, as we say, is history and, and became such an important part of this, of this hockey team. And, And people finally appreciated exactly what he brought to the table, but I mean, how about that kind of, uh, that that work of Doug Armstrong to make sure that Jay doesn't leave as an unrestricted free agent is is a huge part of that success story.
5: No doubt. And we will air Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight between the Blues and Boston. 2019 Stanley Cup Finals Game 7 tonight from 6 to 7.30 here on your Home of the Blues 101 ESPN. And, Curbs, I know this is a a day that the Blues really enjoy. Mr. Stillman is going to be here at the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour. We're looking forward to that, but uh, this is something that will live forever. What a legacy that that 2019 19 St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup championship team left in this town yeah
12: it's it's pretty special isn't it that first one they're gonna they they will forever you know walk in St. Louis sports lore I love it and uh and like I said now let's rebuild real quick and go get another one because I'd love to tack some more history on top of this one
5: I like that idea a lot Curbs great to hear your voice thanks so much for the time we appreciate it we'll talk to you soon all right, have an awesome week you guys. Thank you, brother. That is uh, Chris Kerber, the voice of the blues here on 101 ESPN. How about that? I just did a the end of the the voice of the blues.
10: <laughs> the voice of uh, the, the blues.
5: blues. People some some people hate when you say the.
10: They do. They
8: it, really do. It's supposed do. to be before a uh, a vowel, correct? Like the, the uh, Ohio is, state uh, Oh, it's okay. these before yeah. a vowel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah, and, and it's like it's on and okay.
5: before a consonant. I am going to mess up the English language. I'm the not a king. English, language. the voice of the <laughs> blues.
7: Oh, I like it. Thank that you. is always more conversational.
5: It is so. Uh, yeah, I was kind of being formal because they won a Stanley Cup. Uh, We need a fighter for the fight, which is coming your way next here on 101 ESPN. Just get your text in if you want to fight 314-399-9646 314-399 Yo-ho! Just text in uh, your name and the word fight to that number and perhaps Matthew will pick you to fight with me next on 101
2: ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the In the red corner,
1: Average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Red.
8: to the opening drive i am Kerry davis joined by brooke grimsley and it is time for the fight and our fighter today is ryan ryan how you doing I'm doing well. How are you guys? You're doing better than me. I just spilled some stuff in here, yeah. so I'm trying to clean it up. What are you doing? I don't know. I mean, oh. I'm a toddler sometimes. <laughs> I'll be spilling stuff in the studio. It's <laughs> okay. I got it cleaned up. We're ready to roll. All right, you're we'll ready? lose drink privileges. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Dr- oh
7: come on. We we've, we've heard you like choke on your water about twenty <laughs> saying, times I'm, I'm in a month.
8: Some. Well, I didn't spill <laughs> any any beverage. I just spilled some. I don't know what that was. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, right here we go. In 2019, in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs, the Blues won two of their four series in seven games, the final series versus the Bruins, and which other series? Was it the San Jose Sharks, the Winnipeg Jets, or the Dallas Stars?
6: Winnipeg
8: Jets.
7: Which Blues forward notched two hat tricks in the 2019 playoffs? Jaden Schwartz... Vladimir Tarasenko or Ryan O'Reilly?
9: Jaden Ford.
8: Which current Cardinals pitcher holds the distinction as the last pitcher to homer against the Cardinals? Is it Miles Michaelis, Stephen Matz, or Jordan Montgomery? Uh, uh, I'll go Stephen Matz.
7: Since its inception for the ninety or nineteen eighty-five eighty-six season, the Presidents' Trophy has been awarded thirty-seven times. How many times have the Blues won it? Zero, one, or
9: two?
10: Oh, one.
7: All right. All right. We'll double we check this- that
10: score. We will bring in Randy Carricker. Ryan, nice how you done. feel?
9: Oh, I, oh! Uh, <laughs> hey, I, hey! I'm just
8: happy to be on. I'm just happy to be on. There you go. It, it sounds a little painful. You're kind of going back and forth, just just a little bit, a lot of a lot of angst and worry. Yeah. Well, I mean, 2019, a few years ago, I was just trying to remember what was going on yesterday. You and me both, brother. I, every day, that's my goal to remember what I did yesterday or did earlier in the day. Randy, say hello to Ryan. Ryan, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Randy? Doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Great to have you with us. All right, Randy. In, 2019, in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs, the Blues won two of their four series in seven games. Mm-hmm. The, finals, the final
5: versus the Bruins and which other series? Didn't we have number seven on 7-7? Seven, seven? Uh, I think we did in, in game seven. Patrick Maroon scoring the game winner in game seven against the Dallas Stars. Uh, Dallas Stars would be my final answer, sir.
7: Which Blues forward notched two hat tricks in the 2019 playoffs?
5: I believe that would be uh, Schwartzie, who wound up with, what, 12 goals? He had the uh, one against Winnipeg, I believe, and one against San Jose. Which current Cardinals pitcher holds the distinction as the last
8: pitcher to homer against the Cardinals?
5: The last pitcher to hit a home run against your St. Louis Cardinals. Hmm. Interesting question. I'll do the the lifeline here. Miles Michaelis, Stephen
8: Matz or Jordan Montgomery?
5: I would suggest that uh, this almost had to be Stephen Matz Because Jordan Montgomery was playing for the Yankees, and they weren't here while he was playing for the Yankees. And Miles Michaelis would have been in San Diego. I don't know if he pitched against the Cardinals, but I know a pitcher has pitched, or has homered against the Cardinals, has to have hit a homer against the Cardinals since then. So Steven Matz, who uh, was a pretty good hitter in his time. I'm going to go with him.
7: Since his inception for the 1985-86 season, the President's Trophy has been awarded 37 times. Mm -hmm. How many times have the Blues won it?
5: The Blues won it in 99-2000. They have won it only one time. Rock. Yeah,
10: sorry, I'm having a bunch of trouble with our audition over here. I just wanted to make oh. sure I was yes. I was I was good to go. Things are closing and not wanting to open, but we are good to go. We have a winner in today's fight. Obviously, very we went blues heavy in the first two questions. Was the blues history enough to give Ryan the win? Or does Randy Carricker start the week off celebrating a championship of his own ring that bell? Go
1: crazy, folks! Go crazy! Still champion of the fight, Randy Character.
2: The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. I am the champion.
10: I'm sorry, Ryan. You did really well. You got three right, but Randy Character hit the jack, got all four, and takes you down in the fight today.
12: Oh, that's right. I can't believe I forgot the big rig scoring that goal. Yeah, that's the
10: big one. That's the one that got you. You were correct on on, on which one. Bitch, in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs, the Blues won two of their four series in seven games. It was the final versus the Bruins, and of course, like you said, the big rig takes down Dallas in double overtime to win that series. Which Blues forward notched two hat tricks in the 2019 playoffs? It was in fact Jaden Schwartz against the uh, Jets and the Sharks. Which current Cardinals pitcher holds the distinction as the last pitcher to homer against the Cardinals? That was Stephen Mats, and I want to give a big thank you to Stephen Mats, who personally gave me that trivia question <laughs> last night at the Big League Very nice. Yeah. Job, uh, I was talking to him, and I, I, I uh, Steve, Steve, I love that trivia. Do not tell the guy in the purple shirt <laughs> that <laughs> trivia at all. Be silent. I'm going to use that. And since its inception for the '85 '86 season, it is in fact only that '99 2000 years the only time the Blues have won the President's Trophy. So a four three win for Randy. Great job today, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show.
5: Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You too, Ryan. Thank you. Ryan with us on 101 ESPN. Good job, Ryan. Yeah, it was terrific four. getting three right. That's outstanding. Coming up, we've got Birdwatch for you with Brooke Kerry. Birdwatch? Yeah, yeah, watch.
7: yeah, you are watching things. you lose two you or watch three Watching them lose. The yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> it is a birdwatch. We're just watching them lose. no. Oh, come on, Eeyore. Eeyore. Usually Ah! you like that. Usually you like that stuff. (laughs) I've been so non Eeyore lately. You've been working really
5: hard. I'm proud proud of you. We'll come up with the official name during the break on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
2: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: We are flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive.
5: Hey, what's going on with the computer over there, Matthew? You having fun? Everything good? <laughs> no, I didn't still want to screw with me. Okay, it's, uh, that's uh, that, that happens over there. But it is time right for Bird back. Watch here on 101 ESPN. And as Matthew prepares that, uh, CD, what do you got on the old Bird Watch today?
6: Oh, are, well, we, we got, got that. that works. Works. All right. There you
5: yeah. go. So we were talking about you
8: know the the Cardinals and, and their play and not winning series and so for me we we've talked over and over and over again about the fundamentals. So I want to see fundamentals. I want to see guys running the bases correctly. I want to see guys making the correct plays in the field, throwing to the correct base. Just the, the the minor details that as a professional athlete that you go over and over and over again. The part of the game that becomes so boring to you I want to see that. I want to see the boring part of baseball with the Cardinals right now. I'm, I'm not worried about you know swinging at pitches out of the zone. Guys are trying to make plays. That happens. But the simple things, throwing runners out at first base, and I want to see guys hustling. I, I, I want to see that. You know, we talked about what the Reds were able to do and, and extending that inning and allowing the uh, the runs to get get across on the on the three run double. The next at bat, mm-hmm. I want to see that from the Cardinals. The effort, the energy, and just the minor details day every single day from here for from here on out, just because those are the things that are gonna win them games.
5: Yeah, that ultimately when you're playing as many one run games as the Cardinals are, losing yeah. as many one run games as the Cardinals are, it comes back to the fundamentals and scoring a run or allowing a run and how your bullpen is
0: performing.
8: And, and not really, I mean, you don't have to do anything spectacular. No one has to do something that is out of their their realm, out of their, their comfortable zone. They, they just need to do the things that they are paid to do and do it well. They aren't doing those things well enough, and that's what's costing them games. Yeah, yeah right now
7: they're 7-15 and 15 in one-run games. I I don't think that that's good whatsoever.
5: No, no and you're going to be playing, if you ever hope to make a postseason, that number one, it's, it's hard to make a, a postseason when you're, When you lose twice as many one-run games as you win, but then once you get to the postseason, when pitching takes over, you're playing one-run games, and you need fundamental play.
7: Yeah. My bird watch is on Friday I went over to the Cardinals pregame just to kind of get the feel of the clubhouse and also just talk to some of the players about how things are going. And specifically with Nolan Arenado. that's a player that I think we've all said you need him to play like a superstar. He's somebody that I'm looking to as kind of a leader and voice of this clubhouse. So I just had two questions for him. Is there still a belief in this clubhouse that they will be able to turn things around? And also, what is the identity of this group? Because it kind of goes with what you're talking about with fundamentals. If yeah. you have a clear identity, which I would hope you have in June, then I think that you at least know that you can answer the first part of that question, that you can believe that you can turn things around. So this is what Nolan had to say about the belief in the clubhouse.
13: Yeah. Well, I mean, we have a chance. I mean, I think any time you have a chance, you know, there's always the, that's always the motivation. And, uh, you know, you, you want to just perform. I mean, you know, the, whatever your motivation is, you know, my motivation is to try to win and help this team win a division. You know, and I don't know what all you know, a lot of these other, you know, players motivation is, but whatever it is, I'm guessing that if you perform well, good things are going to happen. So as long as that's the focus, um, we'll be all right. But uh, as long as we have each other's back, you know, I think we're going to get through.
7: In the middle of May is when you guys played really well against the Brewers and Dodgers, and then things kind of tailed off there. What is the identity of this group right now? Are you guys still searching for
13: that? I mean, that's a good question. I'm not sure, you know. I mean, I would. I guess the fact that I can't really answer that, I guess we are, we are guys kind of searching, I guess, for our identity. But at the end of the day, you know, we know we have a lot of good group. When we look across this locker room, we know we have some really good ball players. So there's no reason why we can't go on a run again like we did there for a bit, and hopefully we can extend that run.
7: And look, I I get that sometimes there's not like a clear cut identity with the group. But I think that if you still are having kind of a hard time as a group figuring out at least the identity of it, that that is a little bit of a cause for concern, especially when it comes back to those fundamentals. At least that could be something that you could fall back on. Well, fundamentally, we know that we're a very sound group. That's an identity. Fundamentally, we know that we are able to rally back in these one run games that we're not going to give up at the very end there. I mean, there's there's a lot that you can kind of look at with that. And. I do think it is a positive that Nolan, who is a leader of that clubhouse, still thinks that that group has the belief within this group. It's just waiting for that moment where they can turn around, and we've been waiting for it.
5: Yeah, and I wonder if you can develop an identity in June if you're a baseball team. I think you can become good, but I wonder if you can can develop a way that people think about you. At this time of year if you can change your identity I guess is a better way to put it yeah because there is no clear-cut identity for this team one thing that we learned and I guess you can because that team in 2021 two years ago that won 17 in yes. a row they became very aggressive they yes. changed their approach I think Mike Schilt probably changed their approach and it might have led to his demise as the Cardinal manager But the. I, I guess you can, but it's very, very difficult. It's like turning around a, a ship in the ocean. It's, it's a slow process.
6: Yeah,
10: Randy, Of course you can turn it around. The season hasn't started yet. It's not even flag day. Oh, it's true. Well, uh, come on, you got a whole season
7: days. ahead yeah,
6: of you. Like two days? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and also
7: it seems like the national perception of the identity of the Cardinals right now is that they're very off and surprising in not a good way. So I think that that's kind of the bad perception of the identity of the Cardinals right now, too.
5: Uh, guys, I've got a bird watch for you. And this is one thing where I have to admit defeat because I hate the fact that Ol Marmal and the Cardinals when they're with their analytics department that they don't like when we talk about fundamentals, they don't like to bunt, they don't like to sacrifice. they don't like to move runners along. they don't like to put runners in scoring position at the expense of an out. And I say, man, well, the good teams, they can all sacrifice. They can all move runners along. Cardinals have four sacrifice bunts this year, and uh, that's in 37 games. The L.A. Dodgers, who are pretty good, have zero sacrifice bunts. The Atlanta Braves, pretty good, have zero sacrifice bunts. I know the Toronto Blue Jays are struggling this year. Uh, They have two sacrifice bunts. Tampa Bay Rays best team in baseball, have three sacrifice bunts. So I guess I'm wrong in saying that you have to be able to move runners along with a bunt to be able to win one-run games. It'd be nice. I'd like to see it. It worked for Whitey Herzog and his teams in the, in the 80s. But in the analytics movement, you can score a bunch of runs and you can still be a good team without sacrificing.
7: Yeah, I, and It drives me crazy. Well, and also, too, just just want to point out, are, is there many guys that you're pretty comfortable with right now with some of the at-bats that you're seeing that you would want them to?
5: I don't think the Cardinals ask guys to, so I don't think they even bother working on it.
7: Yeah. Brendan Donovan
8: laid, out a, laid down a bunt for a single a couple of
5: days yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. Nobody was standing there,
8: so it made sense. But right. It, it's not something that is taking place in, in baseball right now. It's just... That part of it has gone away. And, and, you know, the crazy thing is if you did that more, you might be able to win more games. But as you said, those teams aren't doing it, and they're winning. So, uh, But I would assume that they aren't giving away outs, as, as Ali has said. That's like, true. They, they are doing everything else correctly, which is allowing them to win games also.
5: And as Greg Amsinger told us last week, he watches all the teams, he knows. And even though the Rays only have the th- three sacrifice bunts, the analytically inclined – you know, people think, oh, the Rays win because they're all analytics – they lead Major League Baseball with 87 stolen bases. And the next team has 70, by the way. They're 17 ahead, a third of the way through the season. So there is something to be said for being aggressive and trying to get runners in scoring position, just not at the expense of an out.
7: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And it just seems like sometimes, too, that it just doesn't work out some ways for them. So it's just maybe that's just another trend we're well, seeing.
5: I probably... Give the card, and maybe this has to do with the injuries. I give the Cardinals probably too much credit for being more athletic than they are. It's I probably thought I don't that, think so.
8: I think they are I think they have the speed and the athleticism. They just haven't used it <clears throat> used it to their advantage yet.
5: I think you have more though when you have Tyler O'Neill and Lars Newbar yeah. in the lineup. But like Burles Burleson's not fast. Donovan is you know, he's He's got average speed. Yeah. Gorman's not a runner. Edmund is. DeYoung isn't. Arnauto Goldie, aren't. Contreras isn't. So right now, because of the outfield yeah. injuries, you just don't have the athleticism that you thought you had at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And the Giants are in town. And the the here's another franchise. You could not have found a more analytically inclined guy than Gabe Kapler when he was manager of the Phillies. And he and Farhan Zaidi, their president of baseball operations, have basically done a 180. And they've gone old school on us with, a no, with nobody realizing. So when you watch the Giants, think 1980s Cardinals when you watch the Giants this week. They, they run, they play defense, they pitch, they throw strikes, and they have no reason to be as close to the playoffs as they are based on the talent level that they have. Can you name a player on the Giants? (laughs) Uh, I I have to watch them all the time. I don't have to, but my son's a huge fan. A Giants fan, fan,
8: yeah. Brandon Crawford's still there?
5: Yeah, he's still there. There Yeah, So there you go. You got one. I got one. But, I mean, they're, uh, they're playing J.D. Davis at third. They're, yeah. uh, you know, Mike uh the, 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 a couple of left-handed hitters. Uh, Michael Conforto is in the outfield. Uh, they, they just don't have – their pitching staff is not star-laden. But there they are in the middle of the hunt because they're playing good, solid, fundamental baseball and doing little things to help you win games.
7: Yeah. I, just a side note, just another extra bird watch. I'm surprised you didn't check in on your boy, Hannes.
8: <sighs> mm, is he still? Are we? <laughs> what is he, oh,
0: Five is he, for 50, Uh He it?
7: was 0 for three yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, since May 25th, he's gone a combined six of 53 at the plate. Six of
0: 53.
8: Not great. No, that, that's not uh, honest. like
5: I don't think that's going to sell many baseball cards for record amounts of mm-hmm. money.
7: No. Darn it. I was hoping that history would repeat itself. I thought he was the reincarnation. I thought
5: he was, too. <laughs> oh, but it doesn't look to be a 6 for 53. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if Hannes ever had a 6 for 53. He played for a long time. <laughs>
7: uh,
5: I, don't, yeah. I don't think that's happening. And then you got a guy that's... Uh, last look, uh, our, our buddy Mason Win had a 16-game hitting streak. So he's probably got more than six hits in 53 at-bats during that 16-game hitting streak. Probably. So, uh, yeah, maybe... Maybe we're getting close to that time. All star break where we get a look at Mason Wynn?
7: You think? You guys on board? Soon.
5: I'm absolutely
8: in for Mason Wynn. Let's go. Let's Is go. That, does that push Tommy Edmund to second base? Yes. And Dylan Wait. or Newt in center and the other I, in right field? May I
10: throw something out there? Sure. Yeah. You keep playing Nolan Gorman at second base, you keep playing Tommy Edmund in center field. And then maybe you solve some of the defensive issues by opening up that D.H. spot for Mr. Jordan Walker. JW. By the
7: way, just want to point mm. out, someone from the 314 said, you spoke about Paul DeYoung, but Edmund hasn't been much better either. That is true, by the way, offensively. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah.
6: yeah.
7: yeah. I mean, you got to figure There's something it. out.
8: <laughs> this is, it,
7: it, it, I mean, there
8: are so many. I guess when you are losing in the manner in which they are, you can find more problems than solutions right now. And you gotta, if they were winning, some of these issues wouldn't be as big of big of an issue as they are right now. Yeah, but they're they're struggling.
7: It's a culmination of yeah, all, of, all the of it problems.
5: So what are we gonna do? How are we gonna f- solve this problem?
7: The reincarnation of Hannes. Hannes, Hannes, Hannes being
5: Hannes Wagner
10: would absolutely be a benefit. That's a different kind of Cardinals devil magic than we're used to, but hey, why not?
7: Why
5: not? That's true. Oh, just getting them back. No, just resurrecting people. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. uh, By the way, Mason Wynn did go 0 for 4 last night, so the 16 game hitting streak oh, no. did come to an end. But during the 16 game hitting streak, he uh, hit 320 and had 24 hits. So, congratulations to uh, Mason Wynn. Let's get him up here. He's probably bored. He's probably like you gifted kids. He probably I was <laughs> sitting
8: in class and just yeah. like oh, ah yeah, okay. Yeah.
5: The answer is yeah, square root or yeah, whatever. There you go. Yeah. You I'm, I'm not the gifted kid. So there's your bird watch here on 101 ESPN coming up, the rush hour reset on We Win Blues Day here on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a
2: rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. This is what
3: it's all about. This is why we lace them up. This is why we put in the work. Why we sweat and why we bleed. Playing for the crest in the front of our sweater, winning the battles, sacrificing our bodies, and electrifying our crowd. This is the blood that runs through our veins. The chance to silence them, the chance to prove them wrong, the chance to make history. Can you feel it? Can you feel it running through your body? Do you sense the moment? Now this is the time to capture our emotions. This is the time we raise the volume. This is the time to own the moment. Together, we are the Blues. Together, we're St. Louis. Together, we get knocked down and get right back up and keep coming. It's who we are, and we won't stop. They said we couldn't be
5: here. Hey, buddy, we're here. Cardinals need to play that before they play the Giants tonight. That's got to be on the big screen about being in last place and getting knocked down and getting back up. Happy... (laughs) <laughs> we went to blues day brooke grimsley carrie davis randy Carricker, blues chairman tom stillman will join us here in studio at the bottom of the hour
7: there
5: <laughs> to go holly oh,
7: we yeah blues. that was oh yeah that was a great moment so honestly
5: we, we got to get chaser we'll get so we'll get chaser on on parade day uh, and have him tell the story. I, I wish I remember who he... Might, it might have been Al. Al McKinnison he was talking to. And Holly was going to go up to the stage, and I think Doug Armstrong might not have wanted Holly <laughs> to go up to the stage. And uh, they're saying... I'm not going to tell him, you tell him. No, I'm not going to tell him, you tell him. And all of a sudden, Holly winds up on the stage, and we um, win Blues.
7: It was a great moment. It was I, I mean, iconic. honestly, it, exactly. And then now we have We Went Blues Day. Yeah, and I blues see shirts it. with it all the time, too. Yeah, I, I think it worked out.
5: It was amazing. So where were you on the day of Game 7? June twelfth, 2019, Blues win their first Stanley Cup. Logan joins us with a mic drop on 101 ESPN.
13: When the Blues won the Stanley Cup, I was working at the jail, and most of the people at the jail weren't big hockey fans. So I locked down the facility, turned all the TVs on to the Stanley Cup, nearly started a riot, but danced in the middle of a wing while all the inmates were screaming at me. (laughs) <laughs> that is wow. fantastic.
6: That's I love epic.
13: that.
7: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a that's a the, very unique story. Yeah. very unique, Dancing. special.
6: <laughs> <laughs> With
5: a lot of angry inmates, man. Yeah, it's yeah.
6: probably
7: not
8: the the thing you want to do, but I mean, if you're gonna do it, go ahead. Yeah, you, do your thing. Yeah,
5: you're you're, you're kind of in charge. Yeah, it's pretty good for now. Uh, let's get to uh, to Matt, who joins us on 101 ESPN
12: myself and a pretty big group of people watched that game seven versus the Bruins at the Hooters in St. Peter's and uh, after game six we all had our cups on we were ready for that kick to the groin and uh, it it didn't happen and uh, after Vladdy made that pass to Shen in the third for our third goal I kind of just sat there in in disbelief and I I couldn't believe what I I was watching Um, and
5: after that it was a bunch of tears and a bunch of beers play Gloria, let's go Blues Hey Matt we had that kick to the groin so many times that you do kind of expect it. You, even I, I got to tell you, when Petros scored at the end of the first, I f- and the way Bennington performed in the first period, I felt really good about it. But I had felt good about Blues situations in the past, and I have been so sorely disappointed. So I'm with you. When Shen scored number three and they get up three nothing, I'm thinking to myself, I are going to win the Stanley Cup?
7: I think it was like two nothing. Too, where there was a moment where I think the Bruins almost scored and they were able to get away Jordan Bennington with like a really good save and they were able to get it out. I think that moment too was like very clear of like, okay, this is the Jordan Bennington. This isn't a fluke or mm-hmm. anything. Because remember, that was the big story. It's like, surely Jordan Bennington is going to crack at any moment because he was the underdog. Nobody really liked him or even knew who he was. They're like, this is a fluke. But the way that he performed in that final game seven and the way he was able to just shut things down. I mean, that I felt like that was just like a huge moment in itself, too.
5: It's, we, we talked earlier about the the Warner story. And Jim Thomas, who covered the Rams, the greatest show on turf, was covering the Blues. yeah And obviously, Jordan was asked about it. He didn't know the Kurt Warner story. But they are so similar, aside from the fact that Bennington didn't stock shelves. But somebody who... Was down at the depths, right, uh, Kurt? It was the Arena League. Bennington. It was being loaned to Providence. The Blues yeah. didn't even want him. They didn't have a spot for mm-hmm. him, and they they loaned him to the Bruins organization.
7: Yeah, well, and also Billy Huso. It was like a, another thing of just kind of as I was talking about earlier, stars aligning for this to work out because it was Billy Huso who was injured, and so it was that was the reason that Jordan Bennington even got called up in the first place because it would have been Billy Huso, right? Um, and then Jordan Bennington was just like a wall the rest <laughs> the rest of the time. It it was just such an interesting way to see that team. You know, I was very lucky. That, that was my first time covering the blues to see that team go from what they were the worst team in the NHL to just flipping the switch. I, I remember specifically one Craig Bruby coming in. I felt like had a lot to do with that. The energy that he brought in, he was able to command the room, command the players. They respected him. I felt like Pat Maroon was another big piece of that because Maroon He was kind of the glue guy right like he was funny and but also knew to be serious Mm -hmm. and he was able to really corral those young players and veterans together where everybody was a nice cohesive unit and then also you had Jordan Biddington the way he was performing and it was just seeing all of that watching that all slowly kind of come together was incredible I I haven't seen anything like that
5: and remember guys they were gonna cut Pat Maroon but they were keeping him around for a big rig bobblehead night yeah and then all of a sudden he has a couple of good games and they think
6: let's keep around and keep him around a little longer
5: he he winds up being pat maroon uh, the big rig let's get uh, another mic drop this is terry on 101 espn i don't think i ever played a song more times consecutively than i did gloria that night Oh, no. And our friend Courtney down the hall at 106.5 The Arch, she was working at another station at that time and recommended to their bosses that if the Blues won the Stanley Cup to play Gloria for 24 hours in a row. Just that was it. That was it. And that's what they did. They played Gloria for 24 consecutive hours.
7: I loved it. I mean, it was uh, it was just incredible to see. You wish that it would have happened in St. Louis. But I just remember going back and watching the video because we you know, obviously we were live on the ice in boston for game seven and so then I, when we got back home i watched and saw what the celebration was like yeah. in st mm-hmm. louis and it was just absolutely nuts
5: i was wondering with vegas being on the verge of winning i i wonder what petro is going to say to his teammates because remember game six here where yeah. everybody thought they were going to win it here and they just got drilled and i wonder if petro is going to his <laughs> teammates saying and probably on the plane home back to vegas said okay Everybody's expecting us to win, the crowd, the whole city's going to be expecting us to win, our families, and just go through everything that happened here and say, okay, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. This is how we have to treat this situation. They have the perfect guy there to handle their situation being up 3-1 going into a game five at home.
7: Well, and also Barbie was there too.
5: Right, right.
7: Bar- Ivan Barbashev was there for that yeah. as well.
5: Just finished the deal for them. I mean, you, you,
8: when you have that opportunity right in front of you, it's hard not to think about what if or or this and that you just have to play the game in the moment and everything else will take care of itself that's for me that's the 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 fun part about playing in those mm-hmm. types of games is you know it's right there. You know what's what happens. I don't know game seven for the Blues. They had to be feeling that. It helps when you get out to a three-goal lead. That makes life. Mm-hmm. It makes you uh, allows you to breathe a little bit easier because it's not as stressful as we played down to the the final minute of the game and and almost. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was nerve-wracking, but. You know, it, it's it's you know what that moment means, and you know what the opportunity means. It's something you've been dreaming about since you were a child, and and to go through that and have that was, uh, I'm sure, amazing for all of those young, all of those men that were part of it.
5: And one of the other things that happened for the Blues is that Zach Sanford scored the final goal, Massachusetts yeah. guy, and earned unending respect from Boston fans.
1: I dare you meet
7: up with me,
6: Sanford. <laughs>
5: there
6: you go. <laughs> I dare <laughs> you meet him. up with me, Sanford. Yeah. yeah.
7: Sanford, don't don't beat up with me. Yeah.
6: <laughs> I,
7: I love that, and that was a great that was a great moment for him too. I mean, growing up there, I mean, probably not great for Boston fans, but that team was just so special. I know that we keep talking about it over and over again, but just the way that everything fell into place for them, all the stories, mm. and I mean, even the Layla Anderson story yeah. as well. How big of a part yeah. that she was during that journey yeah. too. Um, it, it. i don't know it, i don't think i've seen a team just come together so perfectly like that for such a special moment and then the parade was great on top of it too yeah Amazing. i don't know <laughs> it was great times
5: Coming up, we've got a quick rock and roll, and then the Blues chairman, Tom Stillman, will join us here in studio on the opening drive on your home of the Blues, 101 ESPN. You're back to the
2: opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: Let's rock. Let's rock today.
5: Time
6: for
5: rock and roll here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Matthew Rocchio, what do you got for us?
6: Well, I just got a quick,
10: really, really quick question. Just because, because I think me and Randy have both admitted um, I, that we that we cried uh, when the Blues won the Stanley Cup. So I just I just need people to text in and just admit it. Admit if you cried. Just to, just admit if you cried. Yeah, text that's in. What, that's what we need more people. More more Jim Valvano. You laugh. You cry.
5: You think. You, you, the think, third one. you yep. think that's a yep, good day. Yep, it is. It is. And I, uh, I I actually yeah I was. Uh, I was whimpering this morning when I watched the Chaser Hype video. So I have laughed and I have cried and I have thought today and it's only 9.17. So (laughs) I've I've already had a good day. That's a pretty good day. Yeah. I'm going to ask yeah. you guys to do a little bit more thinking, because
10: on Friday when we were in rock and roll, I asked you guys how the weekend would go for the Miami franchises as they tried to claw back in the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people here correctly predicted that both teams both would be in a pretty tricky predicament going here into a Monday with both down being down 3-1. Carry one person. Thank nicely done on that. There was some it. thoughts on some 2-2 ties for the Miami mm-hmm. franchises, but mm-hmm. that did not go as planned. Not at all. Game five in the NBA Finals is tonight. Do the Heat claw one back, or or, or are we all hating ourselves a little bit because Crocky's holding up another trophy?
5: Yeah, we
8: are. (laughs) I I feel like Miami might. It's going to depend on that first half. If they can withstand the the energy that the Nuggets are going to come out with and they can actually have a lead going into the the, the fourth quarter, you might have a chance for Miami to win that game. But if it's kind of a 15-, 14-point game, you know, at any point in the third quarter, yeah, it might might be Is be curtains. For Jimmy us. Butler
5: still play for Miami? He's there,
8: really. Well, he's there. He's there. He yeah. hasn't he hasn't been hooping. Not, not impressive. Not like not, not like the Jimmy buckets. No, we're accustomed to seeing this playoff. He's right. not Jimmy
10: Butler right now. He's just Jimmy. Yeah, it's uh, not great. I'm not, I'm, I'm not seeing much. Yeah. Uh, in the Vegas Golden Knights and Florida Panthers game on Saturday, a lot of chippiness for our boy Matthew Kachuk with our former boy Alex Petrangelo. He uh, locked his stick around Petro's throat <laughs> yeah. at the end of the game to get him good away from the scroll- <laughs> good
8: Man, any time uh, you got a
10: weapon, It's all-time uh, hockey. Man. But Carrie, imagine if you're Petro right now, you're you're you're, you're in your mid 30s, you're doing pretty well, you got one cup already and then out of nowhere you're about to you're trying to get your second one and out of nowhere some kid you that used to be skating around the locker room when he was like 12 yeah. years old
8: all of a sudden has his stick around your throat.
6: Good
10: for I him. feel like that's a yeah. weird situation. He should
7: be, he, he, I mean listen, in the moment he'll he, be upset but he he's probably proud of him. I,
8: I will tell you this, when you are playing against friends uh, when you're in between those lines for football or on the ice in hockey, it, it, we will talk about it later (laughs) all of that is out the window I hit one of my friends hard and he looked at me like I was crazy hey man we'll talk later you are wearing a different color jersey now if you wore the same color as I we would be fine but you're not deal with it it is what it is I will talk to you later I'm not your friend right now that could have been my brother, my sister, my aunt, my grandmother, my mother. It would whomever is in the opposing uniform. You tell me right now, your mom. My mother is in a 52, will tell you my fifty two Ravens jersey. My mother would never. She, she hits the, she she would would the B never, gap and she's gonna get the same same leg, same shoulder.
5: There's a uh, <laughs> if, if you <laughs> yeah
8: same foot same shoulder right Bow. yep sorry love you
5: you yeah, follow it, blitz in yep. there elevated performance here in st louis there's a, a great photo that started that was uh shown before the final started with matthew and petro and robert thomas all working out together over at elevated performance so it's this isn't just little matthew kachuk you know a seven-year-old man this is Petro and Matthew. I mean, they grind together.
7: Yeah, and Petro man, probably taught him that. Maybe exactly. Yeah, yeah and, and Matthew could just look at him later and be like, "What? I got this from you? Yeah, yeah you, right. You taught me do this. It. You taught me to do this. I didn't
8: yeah. Tell you to
5: do it against me. Well, yeah. you, you're there. That ch- that handshake line whoever wins the handshake line for those two is going to be something to see yeah
7: i think i saw too that brady is getting married right brady right. kachuk and i think one of the guys yes. that matthew has gotten chippy with is in the wedding party yes, Mark stone. Yeah. yeah Mark stone yeah. is yeah. one of the yeah.
10: groomsmen obviously matthew is his best man yeah so i imagine that's going to be an interesting uh, situation I'll I'll drink drink it out. Out. it'll they drink it's, it out it'll be it's fine not. it's it's sports it's yeah. all after the game don't act you, like there's
8: not some players that you have so,
10: a, that you have an off-field grudge uh, against because well, something that happened on the with field.
8: One person. Yeah. And okay. I, I well, we were never friends to begin with. Yeah. So you know, if you're friends to begin with, that doesn't matter.
5: You know when, like, when Robert Thomas and David Backus came up, they lived with the Kachucks. Yeah. Brady went up and lived in Ottawa with Mark Stone when he mm. came up. So Matthew is tight with Mark Stone because Matthew and Brady, you know, they, Matthew would, over there so they're all tight they're all like one big family and so it's it's awesome it's it's the essence of what hockey is it's a beautiful thing
7: even look at you know the 2019 Stanley cup run remember tory krug and robert thomas yep they seem fine now you just have to get over it because you never know who's going to be your teammate or best man later (laughs) exactly
6: (laughs)
5: yeah so no that is the the essence of what hockey is (laughs) you know what way back when Kelly Chase was playing for the Whalers. Tony Twist was playing for the Blues. Tony, the best buddies, played in Peoria together, best buddies. Twister is living in Chaser's house. Chaser's playing for Ottawa, and they fight here. <laughs> they got it. And then get, went
8: out and had a beer afterwards. There you go. Yeah. I mean, when you, especially right now, it, this the Stanley Cup final. I don't care who it is. No. You got you get this stick wrapped around your throat, get uh-huh. it off. I don't care. I'm trying to. We, we, you may not have another opportunity for this moment. So. Bacchus
5: was in Petro's wedding. Yeah. And Petro went after him during that 2000. Remember when he called him Buffalo Head? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And Petro yeah. Went, went after Bacchus during the, yeah. during the finals.
7: That's so Petro. Yeah.
5: Yeah. so They're clean fun. Petrol
7: likes mind games. And by
5: the way Petro I don't know if people have uh, recognized this but they downsized in Vegas, and he bought a house in Chesterfield. So during the off season, Petro is back here.
7: Mm-hmm. With, well, uh, his wife's from here, from right? here, right?
5: Yeah. And you're, you're always coming back. But originally, they bought that house with the 16 car garage in Vegas, and were staying there. Good. And now they downsized there. They sold the Clayton place, cars. and now they're uh, they're back here for the off season. It,
10: yeah, it makes for a good hockey rink. Cars? Yeah, you put up boards, makes for
5: a good hockey
6: rink. All right, I imagine that,
5: uh, like, for the Manning cast. Peyton Manning's doing that from a massive garage at his house in Denver. I could see that.
8: It, yeah. it looks like it.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So.
10: so Tuesday night will be the chance for the Vegas Golden Knights to seal their win. I know it's a little bit ahead of time, but does the fire from Matthew Kuchuk at the end of the game? It was a close one, but I mean, the games have either been one goals or like five goal wins yeah. for Vegas Golden Knights. Did Do Miami, do the, not Miami, excuse me, Florida, do they scrape
7: one back on Tuesday night? I think
5: Matthew's compromised right now. I don't think Matthew is matthew and i think vegas wins because of that
8: yeah i don't have home yeah i think that one's over i
7: that's, would like it to continue miami heat
8: have a chance i don't think the florida panthers do
5: yeah
8: i would like it to continue
5: continue too
7: i would like both of them to continue so i'm gonna root for the florida teams just so it can continue
5: yeah mm-hmm. I, I, it'd be disappointing for the florida teams to both lose 4-1 yeah so mm. guess that's the way it goes that's how sports go yeah, it, does. it
10: and if, does. And if and to debunk your whole Eeyore things, I have something positive I want to know. Okay, I, I guess I do. Okay. All right, let's hear it. Over the weekend, Calvin Johnson was asked if he would come back and help mentor Jameson Williams. Obviously, I'm not sure how that would work the first six weeks. I'm pretty sure he can practice. And Calvin Johnson pointed out that he would do anything he could if Jameson Williams asked. I, only th- I thought this was a great story just because Calvin did not leave and, and retire from Detroit with the best... Uh, mindset of the franchise i mean how could you so i kind of like calvin johnson coming back and and kind of embracing his uh his his lion's roots again because i thought that was maybe one of those things where Mm -hmm. he was going to retire and then you were going to never see him associated with detroit unless it was like putting him in a ring of honor going to the hall of fame i never thought he'd come back and like ambassador for for detroit a little bit so i'm 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 really happy to see that i'm completely shocked that actually happened though
5: yeah hey everybody's jumping on that lion's bandwagon now Well, everyone sees the the
8: potential that they have. They do have a really good team. And um, if you can, if, if you're Calvin Johnson, you're a Hall of Fame football player for that franchise, they haven't had a lot of success on the field. And you see right now that they have some talent. Him talking and helping Jamison Williams kind of navigate through your first few years in the league is always beneficial for a young player because there are so many things that, that happen. You know, he's dealt with an injury. Now he's going to have a suspension for the first few weeks of the season. You get with a Hall of Famer, a guy that played in that city and and did well, it it can help your career and and really – take you to a level that you you really want to be at.
5: Absolutely. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. That's uh, Matthew Rocchio and that is Rock and Roll. It is We Went Blues Day and the chairman of your St. Louis Blues, Tom Stillman, is going to join us in a few moments here in our studio. Looking forward to talking to the Blues chairman not only about We Went Blues Day, but a lot coming up. Panger is not going to be here anymore. We'll talk about that and uh, what the Blues are looking ahead to with the draft and free agency. Tom Stillman coming up on 101 ESPN. You're back
1: to the opening drive podcast
2: on 101
1: ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Clear it out and that'll do it. The Jets have won the game. They've shut out the
4: Blues. Shoots and scores. And the Vegas Golden Knights have defeated the St. Louis Blues. Three seconds to go. And uh, this one's going to come to an end. Islanders beat the Blues. And now for something completely different. 25 saves in the game for Bennington. And as the buzzer sounds, you can bring out the Zamboni. Jordan Bennington in his first career NHL start shuts out the Philadelphia Flyers three to nothing.
5: happy we win blues day brooke grimsley carrie davis randy Carricker, and we are joined in studio by blues chairman tom stillman who in the chair that you're sitting in you came in with the bernie michlis and michelle smallman in january of 2019 and said i think that we can turn this around oh there we let's get your headphones fixed Okay, we got it. Uh, and and so Tom was was Making on in the me morning. Remember that day yeah. I
14: was in here, wasn't that?
5: Yeah, and and so we, I was doing the afternoon show with Brad Thompson and uh, I think Chris Ranji, and we, we played the cut where you said, yeah, I think we can turn things around. I think we can do some really good things. And BT, Brad Thompson, in his inimitable way, says, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but Tom Stillman was right, and the Blues won the Stanley Cup. First of all, thanks for stopping by, and happy We Win Blues Day.
14: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's- Okay,
5: was that just blind optimism, or did you feel it?
14: Um, just to be clear on on what I what I, what I meant that day was not that we were going to go on. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, <laughs> pointing to the fence and saying, you know, we're going to win the cup. I felt uh, I genuinely felt that we had a much better roster and that they weren't playing well and that they they, they would get better. And you know, a lot of that. At that time, a lot of the assessment that was going on was, you know, we, we you know, Doug and his group and everything, and made the decisions on these players. And, you know, were we just off? Are they? And, and just looking back, we thought, no, the, you know, those were good decisions. We look back at them. These are good players. They have a lot of character. And, and, and so they would get better. Now, I, I don't claim to have predicted what happened. <laughs> I wasn't predicting that. Tom, take some credit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, you know, I just, I, I can't blame that.
7: Yeah, Tom, we were just talking about just that run. That was my first season covering the Blues. I picked a good uh, season to yeah, cover the Blues, right? And it, it was just amazing seeing them go from, literally the worst in the nhl to the best and there it felt like all the stars were aligning from this group was there a specific moment or game or situation that you could point to or look back to where you were like i i knew that there was something very very special about this group that they could pull that off
14: i don't know if there was one time it was actually before we reached bottom that they actually started playing better you know late november and into december they started playing better and you could You know, you could start to see, you know, something's coming here. At that point, it didn't feel like, you know, it was something special or anything like that. Um, But then going through that spring, at at some point, they had changed so dramatically that, you know, on any game night, you just felt, we might not win, but we are going to play well. You, you, You know, the team, you developed a trust in the team that... They're going to do it tonight. Maybe the puck might go the wrong way and we might lose, but they, they were going to play well. They would come together. And, you know, it was, I, I, I guess it was sometime later in that spring when, you know, you realize that they had kind of reached this nirvana of pro mm-hmm. sports yeah. in which everybody is, you know, all, all, all the cliches. Everybody's playing for each other. Everybody has kind of said... Sub- subordinated themselves to the the team effort and um not thinking about individual stats but just thinking about their teammates and you know and the ultimate uh goal and it, it's 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 hard to reach with pros and but they, they 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 got there and that's what did it
8: was there a point at at any time i know during the season it's tough and and right after you win the uh the cup it's a little bit tough to, I guess process everything. But was there was there a point in that summer where it really hit you like oh my goodness we are Stanley Cup champions the thing that you thrive and and work for the entire season we were able actually we were actually
14: able to do that. Yeah, there there, there were some times like, you you are right dur- during the run yeah and especially the final, it was dreamlike mm-hmm. um and, and it still is in a lot of ways you know it just right. did that really happen did <laughs> you know did those goals go on? were we on the ice afterward um w- one time it you know probably the first time it really hit me was you know after we scored our fourth goal mm-hmm. in game seven um and i was there our whole family was there and we were just you know pretty emotional and this uh Security guard, Boston security guard, mm-hmm. came up to me, came down the steps and said, Mr. Stillman, it's time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to go down to the ice. You know, to a celebration that I had watched how many times yeah. in my life. Yeah. And you yeah. think, what? what you know, and, and you know, I, I guess there were a lot of times after that when especially when you see the cup with everybody's names on mm-hmm. it. That, that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, the ring ceremony uh obviously the parade all right thank you um, more but, more
8: fun the parade or actually seeing and touching that stanley cup for the first time
14: they were both fantastic <laughs> but uh, seeing and touching the cup and knowing we were taking it um was about as yeah. much and it's funny that you know i remember thinking that night, especially, it is a very like territorial thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Chief's pregame talk was, "We're taking that home with mm-hmm. us," you know. And you conquer, and you and you grab a piece of hardware metal, and you take it on the plane. Mm-hmm. And and really, the that was just one of the most special times. That two and a half hours, you know, in yeah. this tube flying through the air <laughs> with just this, you know, fairly small group, and you keep the cup it's right there yeah. it's there and it's getting passed up it's just it's especially after you know growing up and seeing all the celebrations right. for so many years to see, to be in the middle of that was just hard to hard to fathom.
5: <laughs> the Blues chairman Tom Stillman with us in the opening drive on 101 ESPN. I'm sure you've been thanked by the guys a million times, but I was talking to Mike Zook last week and your alumni here in St. Louis are so appreciative of the way that they were included in the entire celebration. That must make you feel great that they and guys that... Al McInnis, gave blood, sweat, and tears. Al told me one time that his greatest regret in hockey was not winning a Stanley Cup as a player here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And so for those guys to be included meant so much to them, and that must mean a lot to you to know that they really felt it.
14: Well, they, you know, the franchise was built, um, you know, in large part through their efforts. I mean, a lot of what a franchise is, it is its legacy, you know, of players and coaches and all that have gone before. So... You know, our feeling was that, you know, they had earned being part of that. They had they had helped us, you know, played a big part in our getting there. And uh, they obviously
5: play a, a big part in the history of the franchise. The Blues chairman Tom Stillman with us on 101 ESPN. We're going to talk about what's going on now, what the future holds for the St. Louis Blues on We Went Blues Day 2023 here on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Into the middle, Schwartz shoots, he scores! Hat trick! A playoff hat trick for Jaden Schwartz. And a you've got a hat, throw it at your radio. Let's have the puck, Thomas off the wall. Shoots, and it's in! Let's they go. score! It's the St. Louisan! Pat Maroon! bring out the Zamboni! Pat just put the city on his shoulders, and he sends him to the Conference Finals! I dare you, meet up with me, Sanford! Jay Bo Meester knocked it down, and O'Reilly sends Perron down the left wing. He'll go into the corner with it, stick handle off the wall, he centers, they shoot, they score! Zach Sanford, the Salem, Massachusetts native! just put the blues on top four to nothing
6: glory glory
5: it's we went blues day the blues winning the stanley cup four years ago today and the blues chairman tom stillman kind enough to join us in studio carrie brooke and randy okay out of all those highlights i you you, the the chuckle where you where you were a little vocal was when maroon scored in game seven against dallas (laughs)
14: yeah uh (laughs) I guess that that series that game was the by far the tensest moment of the whole run, mm-hmm. um, even more so than going into game seven in Boston. I mean just i guess I remember, you know, remember we we dominated that game in in in, in regular time and then it started to swing the other way, and the Jamie Ben wrap around <laughs> and all and you know we could have been sitting here thinking, well boy, we came up short that year, and what do we have to do? <laughs> Just everything turned on that one on that one
5: moment. And I mentioned this to Curbs this morning, Tom. It's so fragile. We saw what happened with San Jose. We saw what happened with Nashville when they went to the finals. Uh, sometimes you don't get the, the opportunity. Have you ever thought about that, that whether it was a Game 7 against Dallas or Game 7 against
14: uh, a, a Boston, if we didn't win, man, it would be so disappointing. Yeah. And, you know, Probably franchise change. Because just take that example. If we had lost in the second round, we'd have thought, well, you know, that was pretty good. But, you know, I guess we got to make some changes because we didn't yeah. get there. And that's, you know, inches. You know, a Ben wraparound not going in and Thomas, you know, circling out of the corner, putting that high shot and getting the rebound. I mean, but we did we went (laughs) went blues
5: yeah
7: well and even too you just talk about pat maroon the hometown hero story that had to be one of my favorites as well just seeing did you think that whenever you guys signed him and brought him in on a one-year contract that that would be the end result with him bringing him back home to say yeah i totally
14: (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to give you credit here for that right but it was just
7: such a great story it
14: wasn't it was a great story and um if you remember that year, he was he was tough to move. Once you got inside the dots, you couldn't you couldn't get the puck away from him. You couldn't move him, and uh, you know he he worked hard to be in that situation. It, it it did add another you know a great element a St. Louis local element.
8: Tom, you kind of lit up a little bit when you talked about that plane trip home. I remember we won the Super Bowl, Mike, and, and the, the visuals are what I always remember. Mike Tomlin talked about kissing and touching the sticky Lombardi. It's <laughs> sticky from all of the fingerprints yeah, yeah, and people yeah. kissing it. And and so when you get that Stanley Cup, it's it's probably that same feeling. Like it's on the plane, it's next to you. You're passing it around, but I could just see it in your eyes. It, it just the memories. It's almost like it just happened yesterday. It feels that real to you.
14: That. It was just like this almost a religious experience yeah. being <laughs> yeah. know, in the in the air, you know, slicing mm-hmm. through. And you know, we we'd also it's like you get out of get out of Boston and there's you know, they're concerned about what's gonna happen to the bus. You, police escort <laughs> leaving and all this and then is that we got to the uh terminal, you know, the and we all got on this, you know, little bus that went out to the uh to the plane and the guys were rocking this thing <laughs> it was just you know, like, rocking back and forth and back and forth it was and then to get on and and the doors close up and it's only you know whatever it was 50 people taking the cup yeah. you know back to our territory yeah. um and, and like i said see you know at one point somebody just Stuck it in you know, my hands as I'm sitting. It is one of my favorite yeah, photos yeah. of the whole time. And, you know, O'Reilly and Maroon the lining them. It was just, it was very special. Yeah. Hey,
5: Tom, what have the last couple of weeks been like for you as you texted with Darren Pang knowing that he might leave? And we've seen the, the emotional fallout when blues fans are an emotional group, a passionate group anyway. But you are a blues fan and you're a Panger fan. So, what, what was that process like for you?
14: Uh, it's been tough because, you know, I'm I'm not only a, a, a panger fan, you know, on the air, but, you know, I consider him a friend and, uh, you know, love seeing him, love being around him. You know, we have a ritual of my uh, rubbing his bald head before big games. And, <laughs> um, so, and I, and I just think he brought tremendous kind of energy and enthusiasm as well as, you know, great analysis to our games. <clears throat> At the same time, you know, he got to allow you got to people have to pursue opportunities and and you know, that's a heck of an opportunity for him and it you know, it doesn't help that you know, the financial situation of the, you know, of our RSN and the, all the other associated ones. So, and I'm happy for him on that front, but you know, I'll miss I'll miss having him around as as a friend and as part of our broadcast.
7: yeah what was that conversation like with panger because as you mentioned too a lot of people probably don't understand what all goes into the rsns and how this all kind of plays out
14: um at this point panger felt like he was going to get too emotional to talk yet so we've mm-hmm. communicated by text and we're gonna talk later hmm. yeah he's an emotional guy what he's saying about St. Louis is all very true. Mm. You know, yeah, he's going to this opportunity and it's a great one. But I, I, think he really loved it here in St. Louis, the fans and the people, and the town, and, and and also the you know the community of people he was involved with, you know, around the Blues.
8: Tom, a lot of uh, people are excited about what next season is going to hold. Got some draft picks, maybe do some things in free agency. What can you ex- what do you expect from this
14: team going into next season? Well, you know, part of that is going to uh, depend on exactly what we do, you know, over the next you know, four weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I can say that Doug has has said that, you know it'd be very surprising if we didn't take our you know our early pick, the, the ten pick, but it's you don't you don't know what's going to happen to the others and what other transactions you know could happen, and I'm not saying. I mean that we don't know yet right. because that's a process that you know on the amateur side pro scouts are all building toward making their list and mm-hmm. making their assessments and making their final order. on the pro side they're looking around the league what might be here what might be available what uh you know analyzing each team what they might want to do so and <laughs> as I've learned and 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 this has been tough to learn for a a person short on patience (laughs) is that it you know the nhl is very much deadline driven Mm -hmm. so and and that's not procrastination people are working their asses off all the Mm -hmm. whole time but it comes and you know it works the process and you know it's ready you know to go close to the the time that the action takes place so at this time you know you, you don't know i mean we could make some transactions that make us keep us more competitive Mm -hmm. you know right now we could be doing things that say well that puts that off for a couple years but really really help us a lot you know so it's a little unclear right now i think either way we'll be competitive um i don't i don't think we'll be considered one of the elite teams but i think we'll still be competitive in our division
5: As you uh, watch the Stanley Cup Finals and you've got Barbie and Petro with Vegas and you've got Matthew Kuchuk who we all know well because he was around the ring for such a long time and he's a St. Louis and it's pretty cool to see the St. Louis flavor still there on the NHL's biggest stage.
14: It really is. It really is. Um, And, you know, it's also sort of bittersweet because, um, you know, a couple of guys that were with us and had a big part in making today a big day. you know they're playing for another team. It, it sure is fun to see Barberchef, and, and not only his physical play, I mean, he's playing on a top line, and he is he's making a, a real contribution. It's fun to see, as I we were saying during the break. I'm, uh, I love watching Matthew play, and he's such a good young man. I I, I hate to see him, you know. Hurt and not being able to play to his best right now, but yeah. he's such a horse. He'll 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 work through it.
7: And speaking of kind of young rising stars, you have Robert Thomason, Jordan Cairo locked in. What do you see the future with those two?
14: I I think the future is very bright for both of them. Um, you know, and and that's reflected in in you know the decision we made last year to sign them to long term deals. I think those deals are going to look pretty great. Um, as, they, as they go on, you know they've both shown tremendous ability. Um, I know people like to get on Cairo for defensive laps, but uh, you know that, 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 that ain't the first time, you know that's been the case with a top skilled player and players mature and they, and they learn. I mean, they're both really outstanding players If the draft were that, their drafts were held today you know the the redrafts that have been done yeah. place them a hell of a lot higher uh in, in the order than they were at the time so you know I have high hopes and a lot of confidence in both of them Hey, Tom, uh,
5: one last thing here. Tom Stillman, the Blues chairman, with us. You've shown yourself to be a a willing participant with Blues fans, very trustworthy, just kind of a a state of the franchise. How do you feel about where you are from a business, from a hockey perspective right now?
14: Uh, I'd say from a business perspective, you know, I, I feel like over the first, you know, eight years of our time, we really stabilized the, the the franchise financially put it on strong ground uh, you know very different from what it had been um i think the uh <clears throat> the covid um issues you know created a wrinkle in that because you're ending up taking on some debt that you didn't want to take on but we've gotten through that and and uh you know, our, our revenues have been really strong under Chris Zimmerman and, and Steve Chapman. Have really, re, really stepped that up. Um, the the RSN issue creates a bit of a um, you know a question mark. I don't think it's a long term one. I think it's a short term one um, because ultimately, you know, a solution will be found that um, that will you know largely replace that that revenue. Um, I mean, the other thing that, looking forward, as the, you know, as as all the agreements under the CBA with the players that were entered into with COVID, after they, their debt is paid down and all that, the cap is going to start to rise, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, questions whether there's going to be an agreement to moderate it uh, so it grows a little more gradually, or whether it'll just pop up. Either way, that means you know, we as a smaller market team, still have to keep up. So, you know, it's, it, it's always like a, a, a moving target. We, you know, we keep increasing revenue. We keep doing things the business side does to improve our revenue. But that, that just continues because we have to keep up with markets like Toronto and New yeah. York to be able to compete and, you know, put a, you know, a, a a cap roster on the ice.
5: Yeah, and how much do you love the morning show on your radio flagship? <laughs>
14: <laughs> More than I can say. Randy, <laughs> <so> it's just. <laughs> appreciate it's been. It's, it has been. It's been a great partnership with you guys and 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 one hundred and one and Hubbard. So we're we're very happy with that.
5: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Happy We Win
14: Blues Day. Uh, thank you very you much. Holly said that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and thank you for celebrating it. We were really appreciate it. We enjoy it. Thanks,
5: Tom. Thanks. Tom Stillman, the thank Blues you. chairman, with Thanks. us on 101 ESPN. A great job today by our producer and audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, <laughs> this has been fun.
7: We went blues.
5: We did. CD? I pulled bears. There we go.
7: Oh, yeah. That's right. We went blues. <laughs> and we
5: thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Tim McKernan, Mac and Ajax coming up next with a balloon party for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right